There are a few words more important in the lexicon of club cricket than wheels. You could be talking about your fast twitch quick, who cranks it up when needed, leaving you feeling safe in the ring, protected by your on-field king. You could be talking about footwear. They say the eye is the window to the soul. In club cricket, the wheel is your ticket to the circuit. If the circuit is your kingdom, then your wheels are your king. Or you could be talking about your transportation. You can hear them whispering, have you seen his wheels? Ladies and gentlemen, introducing the king of cricket wheels, the Pajero Sport. This bad boy has advanced four-wheel drive performance with Super Select 2 four-wheel drive system, letting you switch between two-wheel drive and four-wheel drive at up to 100 kilometres an hour, so you can handle any terrain with ease. That means away days just got that much better. But there's more. With 3.1 tonne braked towing capacity, it's the Car Expert 2023 Best Four-Wheel Drive Off-Road SUV. That's match-winning gear, guaranteeing you make your way up the grades. Pajero Sport. Take adventure to the next level. Boys. Yeah. Hello, the boys are here. They're nervous. They're calm. <laughs> Boysies. Get rarer. Why is this happening to me? Me. We're not getting Maccas and you can blame my son. Get <laughs> a few today, did you? It's great to contractually be obliged to be here. <laughs> is anyone going to listen to this or what? No, I actually don't know what, the, what happens in third grade. <laughs> <laughs> you either get nude or get in the shower. Or we're throwing all your cook gear in, bro. Jonas, like, no chance I'm going to follow you. <laughs> 19th century Pax Britannica. Fuck! Well, it only happens once every two Olympic cycles, but Australia is in New Zealand. And let me tell you, Pezza, the skeletons, oh, they're out of the closet. Australia might have won the T20 series 3-0, sure. But were the real winners the skeletons that got to print out giant posters of Smith and Warner crying in a press conference six years ago? Jeez, they're nice guys. Once you get to know them! <laughs> Basketball is dead this week after England suffered their first series defeat since McCullum and Stokes took over. But the good news is, is that we get to change what basketball is and what it all means every eight seconds. India win their 17th consecutive home series, which you have to think England are somewhat responsible for. Barney Rone joins us from the UK. Jesus, nice to have Barney back on the show. He's going to tell us what this all means. The punters and former My Cricket lovers said Play HQ was no good. So Cricket Australia Executive for Community Cricket, James Orsop, joins us in the studio to give the case from the other side, plus saying names that make us feel young and safe and also telling us how CA are growing the game. And if we can get more buckets on bonces at the BBL, there's also Australian domestic one-day finals with three peats for WA and Tassie and the WPL has commenced in India with all the regular glitz, glamour and Shahrukh Khan that you've come to expect. Hashtag AskTGC this week is titled Alfred by Someone's Mum. Sorry for all the value this this week, but where else to start before all of them, Pezza, than to return to last week and discuss Victorian Premier Cricket controversies? Biggest story of the week, in spite of everything you just said there, a thorough capturing of cricket around the globe, and you're barely even scratching the surface of it. Yeah. I'm still itchy. Biggest story of the week continues. Right, so people who tuned in last week, mm. video, audio, doesn't matter, will have heard about the St Kilda versus Fitzroy Doncaster fourth grade clash. Top of the table, there or thereabouts, last round of the season. Mm-hmm. Okay, and they would have seen some Zapruder-style footage of St Kilda having to face one over as deemed by the umpires yeah. after Fitzroy bowled out. 
and a very funny, um, long-winded, strange-to-watch, silent mm. Zapruder film mm-hmm. uh, where a player was sent out in black shorts mm. after three minutes. He was timed out. Then the captain came in to all, bat. Now, all, all set to the theme of curb your enthusiasm. Exactly. Exactly. And uh, just letting the, the listeners, the, the, the viewers know after that, that uh, in their chase of 240-odd uh, made by Fitzroy, uh, St Kilda nearly lost outright. Um, they were rolled for like fuck all in the first innings, right. and uh, you know then guys scored runs. Yeah, right. Now, um, it emerges after that he goes mm. that. Uh, and do you have any reaction to that? By the way, just that that's what happened in the game. Is uh, I would just like it if Play HQ had a had a score that said fuck all in it. We we see we've o- got Oppo were rolled. We've for got fuck the all. honcho of community cricket on this week to talk about Play HQ as well. Got okay, will there be a fuck all function? Forgot to, <laughs> forgot to ask him that yesterday. <laughs> forgot to, it was good, it was a good chat. It was a good chat. Tweet from Tom Morris. I think he's the chief footy reporter for Channel Nine. Sometimes. Uh, tweet from him following this game last week. So you would have thought that was all over. I would have thought that's it. That's it. Okay, that's funny. Yeah, that's Another instalment of vi- yeah, a village shit happening in cricket anywhere around the world. Could be from anywhere. Okay, that's it. No, it's not. Okay. Tom tweets, more to this. The tail ender who walked out in a singlet and black shorts, <laughs> I've added black shorts for my own emphasis, yeah. was timed out and was timed out, has been suspended for one game. He'll appeal. The captain who sent his mate out as a sacrificial lamb has been sent straight to the Victoria Premier Cricket <laughs> Tribunal for A. Contrary, con, uh, conduct con, contrary, <laughs> nearly mm. to the spirit of the game, and B, conduct that brings the game into disrepute. <laughs> okay, first and of all. And then the, he tags us in. <laughs> first of all, the language reference. Yeah, it's incredible. Straight oh, to the tribunal. I love this, the, the Tom Morrisization <laughs> yeah. of Premier Cricket in Victoria. <laughs> so, so we're talking about um, harsh material punishments mm. from. Cricket Victoria for what we saw last week yeah. that we probably, along with many others, made fun of. Um, no one watches this. It's fine. True. So, as I mentioned, St Kilda got rolled, uh, nearly lost outright. Um, I don't know about you, he goes, mm-hmm. but the word that springs out to me from everything Tom just wrote there is disrepute. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And Kilda's captain is is Will Faulkner, uh, uh-huh. who's in in the press. Right. Um, so, di- disrepute to me implies that there is some kind of repute to be, <laughs> <laughs> to, be to be protected. I mean, playing now, cricket as an adult brings your life into disrepute. I think that's arguable. <laughs> there could be yeah, a like some an, would say harsh an adjunct hearing at the tribunal about this. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, just for some context here. Um, mm-hmm. Fitzroy finished top of the ladder. St mm-hmm. Kilda finished third. So it's finals now. Finals cricket. Oh. So this. Knockout this, gear. This, this, both teams are in the finals. Uh, oh, shit. So this isn't um, some kind of process that's just being like casually observed. There, uh-huh. are, there are real ramifications for, for this. Um, now, one player from St Kilda has already been suspended. Um, for their elimination semi-final, right? So the guy who walked out in a singlet and black shorts can't play, right? So he's just, he's out. Um, and now 
uh, as far as I understand, well, from Trump, from Tom's tweet, mm-hmm. Cricket Victoria are going to deliberate. Um, guys at a tribunal are going to deliberate over whether the, whether to cost St Kilda's captain, and and therefore I suppose their team and their club, um, the biggest game of his season because of his good faith, funny, yes, opportunistic miscalculation. He wanted an early tub. Yeah. Right. He yeah. thought that it was stumps. He sends his mate out, and they're saying that you uh, you you're going to miss the biggest part Fuck of your season out. potentially. They're going to deliberate over right. that. Right. So that's. That's what's on the... Uh, Why does this feel like this is getting way too serious? Yeah. It's way too serious. Like... Oh, sorry, go on. No, no, no. I, like, I mean, we've, all, we've got views. Yeah, I mean, I, <laughs> I'm not sure. Are we responsible for this, for bringing this bring No, this there, was lot, there, was, there was lots there, of press. Uh, yeah, yeah, there gonna, was we, lots. We, we, we went the in, first. We picked it up in Code Sports, but like Coat Sports... Um, it's, it's something that I, something that I <laughs> yes, described. That's right. Again, <laughs> which is kind of what this is. Fanzine. I mean, isn't this just like blokes who are working all week? Not necessarily hard, but they probably have jobs during the week, and they mm. like this is their outlet for the weekends. And you're going to like s- prevent him from the weekend, like when, when he would have paid. I'm guessing over the course of a summer, thousands of dollars mm. wasted money, as we've discussed in the mm. show many times, to play this stupid sport. Mm. It's like no, you can't. Isn't this? It'd be part time work hours. I reckon giving it up. Is Training this, Tuesday, Thursday. I mean, bringing the game into disrepute. Yeah. <laughs> see, I mean, Frogbox is to blame for, for, for got, filming see, this, you know. Like, you've got to ask yourself, what is Cricket Victoria trying to deter against here? Like, are we looking <laughs> right. at setting an example yeah. to Will? Like, the example to everybody else out there. Mm. You know, like, um, like, like you know, Will Faulkner, fourth grade captain St Kilda. Oh, it's fourth grade as well. No, this is fours. Fucking hell, man. Come on. Let the boys play. He's going to have to front a tribunal, I presume, in a bag of fruit. <laughs> He's got a KC there. A- AFL cosplay style. <laughs> <laughs> like, I presume there'll be shaky cameras following him in there. Are we gonna this some- is what we're talking about. This is, this is bringing the game into disrepute. We should do, um, a, we should do a side mouth outside with Vox Possibly. <laughs> but what I'm asking is, okay. you know, is it because of the public nature of the episode, oh, like right, yeah. must will put yeah. on the AFL suit, yeah, like yeah. And do the cosplay the press with everybody, mm-hmm. press pack around mm-hmm. him, because this has gone public. Why'd so you do it? Why'd you, you do know, it? I'm, this, these are these are the this is where <laughs> the law needs to keep up with society. Like, Got it. does the rise of Z- Zapruder footage mm-hmm. uh, showing the village actions of club cricketers mm. every week, like partly explain this? Mm. Whole industries and economies have been built. And emerged from this phenomenon of yeah. village cricketers being yeah. village. <laughs> is Frogbox to blame? Yeah, well. Can St Kilda call Frogbox as a witness? Right, yeah, exactly. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Yeah. Because without the Zapruder footage, maybe Cricket Victoria doesn't feel the game has been brought into disrepute. <laughs> now, I want to look at this from the other side. Okay. Maybe Cricket Victoria is railing against the wheelie binization. Yeah, of okay. Premier Cricket. Uh-huh. Black shorts, yes. singlet. You can't we have can't that. have this anymore. can't have it anymore. If we're going to call ourselves Premier. Premier Cricket. Right. And people are seeing this, yes. you know, like there's this. This isn't Premier at all. There's nothing Premier about you, this. If you aggregate the views of the conversation yeah. last week, us, other, uh, you know, Code Sports, that's News Limited, you're, you're running into the millions of people. Yeah. And I know that they're going home and they're thinking like, wow, I, I certainly had a view about Premier Cricket. <laughs> In Victoria, but the, it, 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 its reputation is is now somewhat sullied. Are you saying it's in tatters? Yes, I'm not saying tattered, but, okay. but tatters. Sorry. I mean, um, it, it, I mean, to that end, I mean, Will's like lucky to get a game. He should be getting life. This, like, the thing that I would 
you know, urge people to consider is like th- this is club cricket. Like village activity mm. has always been present. It's just the technology yeah. that broadcasts ah. it, you know. And if Cricket Victoria thinks it can mitigate mm-hmm. DNA-based village activity <laughs> through suspensions, <laughs> they think they can suspend their way out of village no, cricket. No, they no, are no. solely out of order. No. Like that is knife to a gunfight stuff. That yeah. is trying to stab a fireball, <laughs> you know. <laughs> Now, it's gone. What I, as a defence, I'm just using my legal brain here, Bezel. Please, what, what, yeah. what I'd be doing if I was St Kilda, representing mm. as as a KC, a, a, you know, a, mm, a, king, a king of the court. Indeed. Um, um, I would. Silk. Uh, uh, I would be saying, well, can we trust that footage? You know, uh-huh. we need cameras in the in the truck. That's right. We need cameras in the or truck. or just, just a truck. We just need a truck mm. just to get to the game. That's right. Uh, You're very concerned about trucks with cameras outside club games. Has- <laughs> Not saying I haven't seen it. A <laughs> scorer drove a truck. Couple of ankle bracelets knocking about. Um, now, okay, what about what about, uh, what about any sort of punishment? I mean, what about time served, Pezza? You know, I mean, he's, he's already done a whole summer. That's, so, that's time so when, served. when when you know the tribunal deliberates over this, will they factor in <laughs> technological advances in the fact that Will Faulkner has been subject to mm. millions of um, like like a, an aggregative aggregated audience mm. in the running into the millions yes um you know considering his humiliation yeah as a village cricketer i mean if he was an advertiser just mm. the impressions just by continually mm. saying his name would be through the roof mm. like, we'll be in and out of this campaign exactly, already exactly he said his so, name he, eight so times. he's he's already served time <laughs> yeah like he's already been the 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 but of these uh, yeah. jokes, mm. right, uh, of, of being a village cricketer. Mm. Does a suspension on top of that, like like killing a guy's season yeah. b- because Cricket Victoria goes, oh, we just cannot cop the disreputation. Okay, I'll stop joking that. Joking that. That's, that's actually fucked if he – like that's, that's straight up fucked if he – Well, I'll tell you what, from a comms perspective – the way they keep the story going is by literally rubbing him out of the season mm. because of this. Like, this is a guy – basically, the guy um, wanted an early tub. He mm. miscalculated that it was the end of the game if, if, there was, no if a wicket no fell. He, he opportunistic – he made a quick decision to send somebody out there in his place. Okay, it's opportunistic. Um, he's not the first cricketer to be that. Um, and – then he went out to bat after that, and we're t- they've already suspended one guy, and then they're going to like the finals cricket is literally what you play for, as you said before. You're spending probably twenty plus hours a week giving it up to play cricket. You spend thousands of dollars on kit, petrol, tolls, you know, relationships, opportunity cost, etc., <laughs> yeah. therapy, mm-hmm. um, and you're going to take away the the biggest, possibly the biggest game as a result of this. Like like that is how you content. That is how you create disrepute of a competition. Yeah, that's that sound. That sounds pretty aggressive. Anyway, um, support for the great cricketer comes from our patrons at patreon.com forward slash great cricket. You can sign up and pay five or ten bucks US a month uh, to support TGC. Uh, you get hashtag Ask TGC Fridays every single week, and let me tell you, the week coming up is well, actually the week past with England and India embroiled in a test series, mm. and of course New Zealand and Australia at the same time. The live chat has been popping off, and people just getting around each other in the member community. Um, you can sign up for free if you want to. Do, if you want to do that, um, you don't get anything in any capacity. You don't get access to the chat or any of the free shows, but um, that's 
where you support TGC. If that's what you want to do, let's talk about New Zealand and Australia, Pezza. Uh, that series that was, let's start with the T20 series. Australia won 3 0, obviously. Uh, the first game was an absolute banger in Wellington there. Australia won by six wickets, but Tim David hit a four off the last ball to win the game. New Zealand mm. made 215 for three in the first innings. Australia four down, 216. Mitchell Marsh, 72. Red off 44. Also took one for, but Tim David at the end there was magnificent, hitting a fourth last ball. The second game, was in Auckland. Uh, Australia batter first made 174, uh, and then they won the game by 72 runs by bowling New Zealand out in 17 overs for 102. Pat Cummins, player of the match, 28 of 22 and one for 19. Uh, the third game was in Auckland again, uh, and Australia won a rain-affected game on the Duckworth-Lewis-Stern method. Um, they batted first Australia 10.4 overs in, 118 for four. New Zealand couldn't get it done. In their 10 overs, they were 98 for three. Um, Matt Short actually played the game, 27 off 11, then took one for mm. as well. Um, so just um, about this this white ball series to start with, Pezzo. Now, yeah. I was like... Where do you want to start? Like sort of on-field like matchup stuff or... No, thank you. Thanks. <laughs> I... Um, I am really looking forward to the tests because it's a long time since I've been there. I like the hues. I like the matchups. I like seeing Australia play away from home with a little Qantas uh, logo. Yeah, I like, yeah, I like, the, I like the, the red yeah, of the yeah. Qantas on the Australian. It meshes well with the green and the yeah, gold of yeah. the, uh, you know, the, the trimmings of the mm. test. Are you saying Qantas jersey? when they're in New Zealand or just away? You're just like an away series well, for the Qantas? because New Zealand is often so green, yeah, so yeah. verdant. Contrast. It's contrast, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You're saying that, that- It's same, it's similar to England. No, novel aesthetics. Real right. novel aesthetics. So I'm up for that. But like the t- the, like a bilateral T20 series, even though this is the last one before the World Cup, it's so far before the World Cup, being like five months or whatever. Mm-hmm. I'm like, eh. Yeah, like it's, it's on a watchable time. So that's good. I like seeing my team play at a watchable time. That's all good. Mm. But I was like, nah, not really into it. And then um, mm. and then I saw some of the conversation around it. And I heard the aggressiveness, uh, the, the aggressiveness, the <coughs> aggressiveness in the tone of uh, some of the commentary team. And I was like, oh, okay, well, this is, this is now a World Cup final. This is a World Cup final for New Zealand. Yeah. Now, it's just a borderline disgrace that Australia don't get that don't go there. So this is you know this is a big series. Uh, I mean, for in terms of uh, I would imagine for New Zealanders, what other series would roll up emotions other yeah. than the Australian series? Completely understand that. Just like the aggressiveness, like there's some sandpaper chat. I've seen a lot of Sonny Bill Williams chat. I'm seeing guys bring posters with Smith and Warner crying from six years ago. Some of the aggressiveness, like encouraging abuse of players. I was like, oh, oh, this this is this is a bit nasty. This is a little bit. It's a bit. It's, it was it was a bit ugly, wasn't it? And so I was like, oh, okay. I now I'm invested. They've got me to invest my emotions in this. I need to win every game by a million runs now. And but what about when Australia does it? No, but, no, but in the history of time, we've been good blokes for like 15 seconds. So we're going to tell other people how to act and behave, okay? Yeah? Yeah. Understood? Yeah, I, I get it. <laughs> but did you have a similar experience? We're like, oh, fuck. The, yeah, well, I, the, I, the, the Kiwis are up for this and there's some levels underneath. There's some stuff sitting under the surface there. Yeah, man. Like, like I, I knew we were in for a good series, when I turned it on and you know, you turn on a series for the first time. You're like, you're like, oh, I just want to get across what it looks like. Just sure. want to, I want to see what the score, yeah. how the scores are manifesting. Who's, who's on comms. And it's the same when you play a, a club game and you like walk out to the pitch. You yeah. Know, I just want to see what it looks like a, when I'm out here. Like, some, yeah. Some process yeah, going yeah, on there. It's a deck. Yeah. I knew we were in for a good series when I heard um, from various commentators, uh, attempts at names, uh, Josh Ingalls, <laughs> Pat Cummings and Phil Allen. <laughs> 
I was like, this is going to be good. Like, is, we're fucking, we're on, boy, boys are on here. Well, that, I mean, that, that, that's before we get to Sir Isaac Cook calling Shubman Gill Solomon Gill. Three, three times without Allegedly. Challenge. Allegedly. Three times without being challenged. India, India runs down the score. A little bit of a blip there. Suleiman Gill gets him over the line. <laughs> What a player he was. What a player. What, what a player. What a player. Sullivan Gill oh, or Shubman Ben. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you, like, so I had the same experience as you, as you, just, uh, just like, I don't know what I'm expecting because I'm, even, like, Warner had preempted, mm. like, that there would be abuse because the last time Australia was in New Zealand, mm. which was, you know, I wasn't born yet, but no, in 2016, yeah. he really copped it. Uh, and a, a lot of them really copped it, so it's it's yeah, kind yeah. of you know it's what it's what they do. Yeah, uh, that, yeah that's yeah, their yeah. thing. And you are watching and you think, yeah, novel six, that's good. Like like quite like New Zealand, um, like the way they stand up to the US, for example. Yeah, yeah, uh, sure, sure. Uh, good good model for Australia there. Um, but then you see the abuse, and like then we hear the abuse, and part of the reason you you see and hear the abuse is because like the the commentators appear proud of it. Yeah. They keep they kept uh, signalling that that was going on, and they, they seem they seem to be oh they they're they're really getting stuck into the boys here, yeah, you know, yeah, and yeah, like yeah. Uh, um there was the suggestion that like oh and this is just at Wellington like wait on wait until oh, they yeah. get to Auckland yeah. to Eden Park, yeah. you know, and uh, yeah. it just as an Aussie you look at it and you're like and this is of our own making the degradation of New Zealand cricket Australia mm-hmm. has been um, complicit in that yeah but like. It does. It was. It's very Mad Men. Like it's very, it's very Ginsburg. You know, saying to Don Draper, "I feel bad for you," and Don Draper saying, "I don't think about you at all." <laughs> like you have to imagine that's the right. view with the Aussie guys. Like most of them being like, I understand there's some big brother, little brother stuff, particularly uh-huh. East Coast, particularly some rugby union gear. Never seen Australia win at Eden Park, all that kind of stuff. Most of the Aussie cricketers are Aussie rules guys. Mm-hmm. Zero clue about any. Like they will have zero clue about any New Zealand Australia rivalry. Yeah. Just place to visit Lord of the Rings stuff, good to go, <laughs> you know, Yeah, yeah. with respect. Yeah. Um, but skeletons are going to skeleton, you know, and yeah. it, it adds a, it like, you got the impression like, oh, the, the you know, it, it, like that edge baston thing of like, oh, we, you know, mate, we're a fortress, but be careful. Ozzy's like, what? <laughs> yeah, yeah, You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And then, and you know, and then you go like, someone on Patreon said this, right? So I'm just uh, exchanging, like someone just said, when it gets to that point, Australia just gets their cocks out. It just ends up. Yeah, be- it yeah, ends yeah. up become. It's Cox are presented, and it's three 0 Australia. Right. Don't make the rules. Yeah. It, it's the truth. It's going to the shower with your dad when you're seven. It's it's, it's not a matchup. There's no matchup there, mate. Th- exactly. Uh, Why am I seven going to the shower with my dad? <laughs> no, you can. You can. Yeah, I, I, I don't have a. I don't have a boy that's seven years old, but you get to give it. I don't want to say anything. Anything you say is going to get clipped up and sound bad. <laughs> you know what I mean? Parents bathe with children. Parents can bathe with their children in either a bath or shower setting. Yeah. I don't have kids though. That's, that's the weirdest bit. Um, but no, it is exactly you know, that. I, I thought when, that when, when I have a shower with my sons, I do say, get in New Zealand. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Go on uh, South Island. Um, so, I mean, I, I found it in a similar way where like now – like you can go to a sports game and enjoy it however you want to enjoy it, and like let's uh, let's be let's be right about it. I mean, the amount of like abuse that touring teams have copped in Australia for the last like hundred percent, hundred years from probably. some of the world's greatest and dumbest coats oh, known to man. 
everyone knows a fuckwit that goes and embarrass themselves yeah. at a public sports event, okay? Mm. It's just like in the same way as like the basketball stuff. Like, you know, like there's no shame for England to go to India and lose. There's no shame about that. Just don't tell me how fucking good you are the entire time. In the mm. same way I'm talking about New Zealand, like, oh, it's so lovely and friendly and welcoming. And mm. just was so caring. No, and then, just and like then we're also going to go that way as well. It's align like, okay, the brands, New Zealand. It. What are you? You're fucking gaslighting me about yeah. it, okay? A lot, like... I don't know. I mean, you could very much argue that about Australia as well. Blokes are good blokes. Thing, the Aussie guys, I, I do think they are d- demonstrably and bizarrely the best behaved team in international cricket and have been since Cummins was captain. Is that debatable? I'm not saying there hasn't been any indiscretion or guys getting hot under the collar, but they, they are yeah. not fucking doing anything on field. Yes, and now they're warnerless as well. Yeah, yeah, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, like, yeah, it is yeah. it's a bizarre thing for us. Yeah. They're also not riling any opposition up in the press. They're speaking, mm. you know, magnanimously and diplomatically about all matters. Yeah. And the difference is they're just they they're also not telling us how good they are about it. They they're just they're just walking the talk. See, I would have said before this week that maybe Sri Lanka were right up there, but then Hasaranga yeah. told Dumpai to get a different job. Okay, uh, after okay. not calling a no ball, so yeah, uh, which is probably right to do because that was that was embarrassing for that umpire. But um, uh, yeah, so um, that's the sort of backdrop to what's happening in the in the series. I just want to give a couple of performances. Yeah, so, I want to talk performance. So 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 Tim David coming in there, and uh, I'm not sure what he actually finished with. He might have finished with twenty or something like that. Um, but Australia thirty one off ten. Thirty one off ten in that yeah. first game. So Australian. Australia needed like thirty-one off ten, didn't they? In the last in the last ten balls, they needed that. And they needed fuckloads <clears throat> of not yeah. a lot. And I hadn't appreciated this, but um, I think a lot of the public were suggesting that Tim David was not going to be picked in the World Cup squad. No, which was one is, guy? It's just one guy. Was Who it? was a friend of our show? Probably the first guy to come on. Okay, well, Ed said it. Oh, Ed. But it, to be fair to him, he's he's said like it's great to make mistakes in life. Oh yeah, and let's be honest, I've never made a mistake on this show, so mm, um, true. I'm, I'm looking forward to carrying on that tradition. Mm. Um. So, uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's an interesting one with Tim David because he obviously he does he's never played first class cricket in Australia. He's never had a state contract in Australia. He's played for the Hurricanes, right? Um, he would be he would play in every single international team. He uh, he he would be picked in every T20s. team in T twenties, uh, such as his ability and um, people coo about him. He, he turns people into, into he's pigeons. A, he's a pigeon turner about the. <laughs> He's a pigeon turner. Um, when uh, when people talk about his power and what he possesses as a finisher, and it's sort of like it's it's. I think a lot of it's understand Australians understanding roles of T Twenty players. Like you know, because I, I think I, I'm. There was a question put out there on different socials this week through different channels asking like, okay, what's your fifteen for the World Cup? And like, I didn't see Stoinis in anyone's suggestion. And like, really. Yep. Not from I'm talking from punters. Okay. Not, oh, not, right. from, not from experts. The great unwashed. And, like, it's just amazing because people expect, like, a middle-order player to do what Glenn Maxwell can do, for instance. They expect you need four guys in middle-order that can score 120 off 40 balls. And someone – there are, there is role players in T20s that you don't really have in, in ODIs or test matches. You need basically – not just match – like, you need consistent long-term performers in every single game, whereas it's harder to understand guys buying chop-out overs here and there scoring 25 off 12 as a, as a key job in a T20 side. Do you know what I mean? Totally. So Tim David is very unlikely to ever score 100 for Australia because <laughs> he's, he's batting middle order. But 
to come in and win a game like that, that's such a, sp- a specific role that only a few guys in the entire world can do. Mm. So I think it was good that he's done it for Australia because I don't think people in Australian cricket circles have really uh, in the public have seen him do it before. Mm. But fuck, he's good in the IPL. But no one watches the IPL here, so you know. Uh, it was a big moment for him because it really spotlit like a phenomenon in Australian like um, public discourse, like with. So which course? What, sorry, uh, it, it's in Brooklyn. Oh, okay. uh, so just when you're pointing at a golf course <laughs> and you just you're from Brooklyn, uh, <laughs> that course? No, this, yeah, this yeah. course. Uh, so this was prime time, Tim David. Yeah, right. Paywall, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> Patreon.com forward slash Great Cricketer. Uh, like Tim David is the T Twenty emblem of if it didn't happen in Australia in prime oh, time, then yeah. it didn't happen. Yeah, I like it. Like no number of runs at the highest domestic franchise or international level, non prime time hours, mm. um, whether it's for Mumbai Indians uh, or for Australia. Like he's going to shift the dial mm. of Australian punter perception of uh, whether he's a good cricketer or not. Um, and like let's. Let's face it. He goes like that is the hardest voter to win. Yeah. you know the the Australian punter. Oh, it's the, it's the, the Australian prime time. Of all time. The Australian prime time punter mm. wasn't sold on Glenn Maxwell until he hit two hundred <laughs> red against Afghanistan with polio. It's still, <laughs> it's still a bit like what have you done for me lately, though, Glenn? It, it, no, genuinely, yeah. there are a lot of people like not sold on Maxwell for like twelve years. Yeah, yeah. And I'm not. That wasn't just a prime time thing, but. Fuck we index on prime time free to air, mm. like in Australia. That's true. And Tim David has, as you point out, like he would walk into that very, very refined number six role in T20 cricket mm-hmm. in any international, probably a franchise team across the world if he was available for them. Like he has he, more than any other player in the world, maybe Andre Russell, uh, he's got that 10 to 20 ball innings down to a fine art. Mm. He struggles with more than 20 balls. Mm-hmm. He doesn't need more than 20 balls normally, but I'm, and I'm sure there's heaps of room for improvement, but I'm like, I like it. Like I, I, I'm so happy for him that he did that. Like one thing I'm liking about Australia's T20 side is that because the, the 50 over and test side is so set, like it's the guys, you know, mm. they're, they're, a, they're a cabal has done it together for years and years and years. Like mm. a, T20 cricket allows Australia to shine a different kind of light on on Australian cricketers, like where, you know, what do we do in vis-a-vis specialists with pipes and levers and yep. globetrotter skills, yep. you know, which is where David comes into play. Okay, fix up the shade of his pads would be a good start, but I'm talking like <coughs> hair flowing out the back of the cap, yeah. gold chain, you know, baseball-like power, yeah. and if you if you miss it, he will fucking mm. smash you. I had the similar experience. I think he needs to grow up and get a different bat sponsor. It's, yep. it's, it's, I think yeah. it's, and that's, a, it's, that's is, it con- SS? is that what it is? I think, I think it's time to grow up. That's constructive feedback. Because he, if he's going to be a great of our white ball setup, mm. he needs to align himself with a recognizable home brand. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's, yeah. it's, it's a branding. It's, it's a branding. We could talk to his now, agent. He'd be a, he'd be a fascinating, I know he's followed us for years, like before he ever played for Australia, because he, mm. he obviously, he's, yeah, there was, a, there, was a, there was a flip that went on there. Like he would write to us yeah. and then we started writing to him, you know, yeah. and, and nothing yeah. happened. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When he was playing for Singapore, all good to go. Yeah. <laughs> Boys, get me on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Can't wait. Mm. Hey, Tim, where's it? Yeah, no. Nah. Um, <laughs> So I think, yeah, I, that, that's that's some feedback, I think. Yeah, that's some feedback. Which I'm sure he would take on board. Of course. I, I want to point out in terms of... Um, Tim David Kookaburra. 
Oh, come yeah. on. Okay. Yeah, come yeah, on. Yeah, yeah. I'm 38. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Can I have some gloves, Tim? <laughs> um, I want to, you know, bust some myths. Uh, which, Myth busting? Which is actually just carrying, not for the first time, something like the hard journalistic work of Alex Malcolm. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. There is a um, there is a widespread perception that Tim David is a gold hunting T twenty mercenary who has not engaged in the uh, sacred long form pyramid he's of Australian cricket. He's, he, he's he's gone uh, down the you know the road less travelled, uh, and he wears that money on his necklace. That's he um, gave first class cricket as big a crack as anybody else, and nobody wanted it. Oh really? Uh, yeah, he didn't like the look of it. He he was in systems. He was there with WA, spent time in Tasmania. Look it up with Alex Malcolm, as the Hello Sport boys would say, Tassie? Dior. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> and uh, yeah. So I don't know if it was with Tassie for the first class stuff. Uh, obviously, deep research, but he's he's first class. Well, he he had a crack first class cricket. Yeah. It wasn't wanted. Yeah. So what do you, what's he meant to do? Win us games in prime time. That's right. It's like, well... Using bats that I recognise. Like, I appreciate that you've won us games in prime time, paywall prime time, to be fair, and I appreciate that you make millions for the Mumbai Indians, but mm. have you done it in twos yeah, and ones? And have right. you done it in the Marsh Cup for WA? Have yep. you done it at the Wacker for WA on mm. Frogbox? Yep. You know? And until you do, well, there's always going to be that little asterisk. I like... Uh, you you want to do some other performances? Nathan Ellis has yeah, to play. Ellis, Ellis Nathan play. Ellis has to play. Yeah. He Is he still with Punjab? I think so, yeah. Yeah, so um, he'll get a – so um, we'll get into, like, um, the 15 that I think, anyway, if, mm-hmm. if that's okay with you mm-hmm. later. But um, but there'll be guys that play IPL that others won't, so like, there'll be more of a crack given to those mm-hmm. guys because they'll be playing in the biggest tournament in the world. Fuck, how smug is it just, like, knowing a little bit about T20 cricket in Australia? Like, you, And you can you can just bet every single thing you say could be, predi- like, prefixed with – what you got to understand about T Twenty cricket is, it's like, oh man, it's, look at it's as close as I'll ever get to how yeah. many fucking tests have you played? Exactly. exactly. Oh, yeah. You know, how in many the, fucking in the games a week yeah. have you watched? How many mm. KO minis a week have you watched? <laughs> <laughs> I watch. I watch every ball. Good for you. I get up from twelve till four. Um, Nathan Ellis, outstanding. I think Spencer Johnson. I have had a closer look. I've had a closer. Oh, you look had a look at, at it. Yeah, you like oh, it. Oh, you like what I, you see. Do I yeah. like what yeah. I see? I, see, I like oh, it. I'm touching oh, the like, seconds, Pezza. It's like, see, the thing you want to say about Nathan Ellis' skills, you can get under your eye line and he can he can, he can undercut and uh, and whatever. <laughs> and, and it's really important that we it's actually, death, yeah, yeah, like it, it, it's pace. not about it's not about the Australian viable looking like an international cricketer. It's yeah. about the undercutting. So it's like Spencer Johnson no. got to play. Have you seen it in singlet? Have a look at it. <laughs> Should be fucking around his state cricket. It's <laughs> Mate, it's just got to play. It's got to play. It's got to. Yeah. It's got to. He stands next to the big three. He's like, oh, you belong. Mate. I don't know what you do, but no, we know what he does. We know what he does. <laughs> Imagine if he was just a scorer or something. <laughs> oh, wow. Just a scorer. Wow. Okay. Prejudice. But yeah, I, gr- I agree. Uh, big. Uh, okay. I, I, like, I've got a question for you. Um, okay. Steve Smith. So. Yeah. Uh, probably, you know, doesn't doesn't enhance his claims for a T Twenty World Cup squad, but I think again it raises good philosophical, ideological questions about Australian cricket. So, like, mm-hmm. do you include? He's not in the eleven, but he's not in the best eleven right now. Steve yeah. Smith, yeah, okay, but there's four spots. Yes, um, <clears throat> in a fifteen man squad, playing in Caribbean in the Caribbean, Australia. Yes. They're, they're not doing the US, uh, so. Mm-hmm. We know that the decks there can be low and slow, probably akin to an, an like IPL style deck, and I think they'll index on IPL form, by the way. But yep. um, 
he like Steve Smith, you know, if the if the top order or middle order might be struggling, um, low slow decks, low like run run chases, like maybe he will bail you out. You know, with a little bit of uh, finesse and precision with spinners doing the thing that they do, picking <coughs> gaps, twos, or, you know, that sort of twos, threes. Yeah. Uh, you know, not like not for me, but I'm just saying. <laughs> that's what some people would say. Oh, that's, that's what I'm yeah. saying. That, that's, an, that's an argument yeah, for him. Yeah. Um, if you want to win a run chase in a one day in 1997. Like, he, he manifestly does not have, like, world-class T20 skills in 2024, but he might be included for you know if you're in if you're like squad num- member 12 to 15 you must be bringing you know vibe energy he might bring experience reflected glory of having won world cups before was in the team that won the final in 2021 yeah. yep. you know steve smith like when we're watching the game at 11am or whatever the fuck it is that we'll be watching it in the caribbean 8am 8am like it's there's nothing wrong with seeing his face and seeing the shapes that he contorts himself into sure. in the field. It's a World Cup, Steve Smith World Cup. You I mean, know? He, he could walk out to bat with four of his winners' medals. Mm. Um, exactly. So there's, well, four, there's three. that. He's won three white ball medals. What are, I want to ask you, what are the merits of Steve Smith yeah. as an in and around the boys' selection? Yeah. Um, you know, Stuck he's a won lift. a World Cup, oozes winning in class. Yeah. But what's he bringing to the group peripherally, if mm. not on-field results? So That's you're not the first, but Steve Smith's in and around the boys. Now, what, what is that doing to you? What's it doing for you? Well, you know, can he elevate Stoinis to some of his best form? Because we know that they are the main tanners. True. So that's something to think about. Um, in and around the group for Smith, mm. likes being stuck in lifts, mm. likes eating M&Ms. Ooh, naughty. Yeah. That kind of gear. Uh, what else can we expect? You know, it's just... Is it, it's, is it, is it's it in uh, your 15? No. <laughs> no, no, it's, it's not. <laughs> no, so um, it's not that easy a call though. Like that. No, no, I, they, I, they like their guys. Australia. No, they big like time. their guys. Big time. So like, so he scored four and eleven in these two games. So before the second game, this is what Andrew McDonald said. Um, how he goes in those opportunities, I think, will dictate what happens. There's competition for places, and that's a good problem to have. We're playing him for a reason. If he wasn't in our thinking, then he wouldn't be on the plane over here. There's 20-plus players that in our thinking were not settled in terms of the final 15 at this stage. So um, I think, like, the the pedigree of what, he was, what he's achieved in cricket, he, of course, gets a crack. But I'm looking at – I wrote down the names of what I had for a 15. So, like – so – Warnerhead, Marsh, Maxwell, Stoinis, Wade, David, Cummins, Stark, Zampa, Hazelwood. There's 11. Then you've got four. Now, I've got English, Short, Ellis, and either Green or Agar. I, I, and and then Hardy, Aaron Hardy, Spencer Johnson, uh, Sean Abbott, Steve Smith, just miss out for different reasons. Mm-hmm. Um, but, like, okay, you, you, you're going to take a reserve keeper, and also English can open at the top. Again, his, his best scores have been batting at three. He can also open the batting in one days as well. Matt Short um, looks good. Chop out overs as well. Nathan Ellis, a backup bowler to the to the main bowlers, um, and then Agar is an interesting one where he would have been in the World Cup squad. In fact, he was in the World Cup squad before being injured. He's going to go over to the IPL and do net bowling to try and um, increase his chances of playing in the World Cup squad. He's just played in the Marsh Cup game that they've just won, which is obviously fifty over cricket and domestic cricket. And then Cameron Green's an interesting one where, like, I'm not sure how much he'd bowl, but obviously he can bowl, and he. If he has a bumper IPL, he's he's going to be in the conversation. Steve Smith's not playing in the IPL, is he? No, he's not. He's not picked up anyone. So he, I don't see how he increases his chances of playing other than like vibe or like he's just one of the best players 
in a generation. World Cup is, winner, shapes, reflected glory, but World I, Cups. But I don't see how he gets in because I, I don't think he's better in T20s and Inglis or short. Look, I, I want to say that, um, that like, if Steve Smith is in the 15, I am not unhappy because yeah. oh, I like the name. Steve Smith? Yeah. yeah I just on. like that. Yeah. I'm pers- I, I, however, I think if Australia is to win the T20 World Cup, they have to go balls out. Like, yeah. uh, their, their returns in T20 cricket have not been great taken as a whole. You yeah. know, they tend to – to me, they seem to be st- – Often just half a step behind the guys who were doing it at the very, very top I level. Saw, I saw the, yesterday they ranked fourth, which was hard, hard yeah, because they play squad players all the time and whatever. But yeah, uh, so I think they need to go balls out, and I think they um, probably need to move. I don't know, be, be wary of um, not just taking the guys, you know, who do stuff. I think you need mm. to, you know, high like index higher on like specific dynamism and skills that you bring to that really, um, you know, unique format. Yeah. Um, That said, I'm also big on like the white ball culture of the Aussie team being separate to the red ball culture. Mm -hmm. So I like, you know, I like Stoinis being, Stoinis is like a spirit animal of that side a little bit. I like him going along, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, Australia is like, it's Stoinis, it's uh, Zampa, Wadey and Goggles. Yes. You know, that they, I, I do think that's like important part. <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah, it's important. Um, and then as for like, I think Matt Short has to cut, go. He's uh, more, more to, versatile to, as well. When I say go, that's the wrong word. Like, has to play. He has to, yeah. has to be in that squad. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, if you're talking Short v Smith, and maybe you're not, like the the guy is in greater form. He's more versatile in the top order. And he catches excellently. Yeah. Uh, Chris Rodgers is the best slipper in the the one that he's seen. Um, and Jesus. he and he bowls. Yeah. So. Short's got to play. Yeah, Ellis has got to play. Um, Inglis is a backup keeper and is versatile. Like they've yeah. had, they have played Wade and Inglis in the same team. And then what are we saying? So that's, so, that's uh, one that leaves one so place. It leaves one place, right? Uh, and that's basically I. I, I you're it, talking Green I, Hardy. I included Agar because you just wonder mm. like spin is mm. you need more specialist spin. Agar bats mm. good fielder. Aaron Hardy, I've not seen enough of, but they obviously like him. But he was he was going to replace Stoinis in this New Zealand series because Stoinis has a back or something um so Stoinis is behind sorry Hardy is behind Stoinis who have you got in the 11 like who have you got who have you got because I know you'll have it like batting five because I feel like that's Stoinis. the position that's open yeah so you're going to start Stoinis I probably am too yeah uh yeah I, I might have Matt Short ahead of Stoinis but I think yeah, maybe. Sto- Stoinis is a sp- specialist at that position yeah. whereas I Short's think, I think Stoinis' is bowling is underrated yeah. For, for chop outs, so mm. he's not, he can open the bowling, he can yeah. bowl chop outs. He's also taken quite a few wickets. Um, That's why I'm not in sure recent times for Australia because they got they, they, they're so well stocked with same as Australia. Possibly, you know? yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, that's right. I mean, so so Agar maybe less likely. You know, I only thought of him last night. So then it's like so it's basically one spot. Ab- Abbott bats as well. I wonder where Green Hardy, is going to yeah. bat for RCB because you know what will happen. Like yeah. Cameron Green, I think the environment of the IPL suits him. And yeah. he'll get his chest out and his cock out and he'll start scoring those hundreds again if, if they bat if him in the top that, order. And if he does it with squad. Coley, mm. he's just going to be all over the news and it will be like, well, this kid must play. Mm. You know, now, like once again, you know, Cameron Green is developing. It's a great place for him to develop, I think, for a World Cup, the IPL for Cameron Green. I can just see that as well. But it appears to me like the only- Shaved head, neck tattoo. That's what we're, and we're, we've been calling for that, yeah. you know. But I feel like that's, thing is, 
can he bat at five? Because it's such a different yeah. position to batting in the top three. Yeah. And they look like, even Mitch Marsh said, that they're pretty set in the top three, you know? Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I think Spencer Johnson has to play. Um, okay, well, just uh, should we move on to the test series? Um, and I got something hot off the press for the test series. Yeah? Um, Neil Wagner's announced his immediate retirement. Oh. Ahead of the test series. Holy shit. Uh, it's an, an, an I'm, I'm just getting this first time, emotional press conference. Uh, so no wags. Uh, bigger story there, of course, is his entire career, uh, which has been excellent. I'm not sure um, what the reason is. Where have you um, seen that? Um, I'll, I'll tell you the truth. I've received a Facebook DM from Aaron Gox. <laughs> Thank you, Goxie. What about foot I pre- soldiers? I appreciate <laughs> it. on the ground. I appreciate it. I just got... <laughs> Um, uh, I, look, it, it does say, up? "Is it a stitch?" Up? Oh, that's good. That's good. No, <laughs> I look. The, the news says here that um, Wagner's come to the decision after it says this is Wide World of Sports saying uh, after a hit home that he would not be considered for selection in the home side's eleven. So, oh. so it appears that Wagner um, had been told he wasn't going to play, so he's retired. He played the um, last game. So, uh, yeah, it's interesting. I, w- I wonder whether they um, they told him that anyway uh, that it was going to be his last game. Anyway. Now. Oh, that's some. Um, they might be elevating this uh, Willow Rourke character. Yeah, okay. Just first thought. It's just a character. Um, <laughs> yeah, all, yeah, that's right. It's all a TV show for me. <laughs> um, we're playing against the computer. Um, okay, before you mentioned uh, Alex Mack, I'm just stealing his work. I'm going to steal Alex mm. Mack's work again. Nice. Here's what he said. Thanks, Alex. New Zealand have won one test against Australia since 1993. <laughs> and in 10 tests at home this century, they've lost nine and drawn one which where it rained. Um, so basically like we never go there in Alex's piece. It's, it's on ESPN quick info. I highly recommend that you give it a read because it's really good to set up the series. But in Alex's piece, he goes on through, uh, like he goes through like what was happening and what's happened in the eight years since 2016 when Australia was last there. Corey Anderson was playing for New Zealand. He's now qualified to play for the United States. So we playing for the US in the World Cup okay. in the first game against Canada there, which will be there in uh, Dallas. Um, Adam Voges scored a double ton in Wellington in 2016. He's just won his seventh domestic title as a coach. Stark and Cummins debuted in 2011. They've played 147 tests combined and have never played a test in New Zealand. <laughs> so point being, we never go there. It's going to be good. But usually, despite New Zealand having a generational side and have been awesome, they've won a World Test Championship, uh, World Test Championship in between all of this, of course, in 2021. They seem to never play well against Australia. I remember they came here in 2020, just after uh, 2019, 20, just after 2019 Ashes, and um, there was such a big series. Heaps of Kiwis flew over for the Boxing Day Test. I thought it was going to be like this is our time to mm. really give uh, you know Big Brother a, a good game, and it was um, it ended up being dreadful. <laughs> it was it was three 0 in the end. But point being, New Zealand have got a good team, and they have had good teams for ages. But their record against Australia is oddly poor. Um, but at the moment, they are, of course, leading the World Test Championship table. They've got a 75% win percentage, but they played four games, uh, India next um, and then Australia third. Um, just looking at New Zealand's test schedule before the World Test Championship final in June, I think it's going to be in 2025. Um, they've got two tests against Australia at home. Then they do a bit of an Asian circuit. They've got one test in Afghanistan, two tests in Sri Lanka, three tests in India. Mm. And then next summer, they've got three tests against England at home. So they've only got five tests at home in the next 12 months, uh, I think two summers, basically. I suppose they've already played a couple of this time around. But um, yeah, uh, you would think that if they get 
if I can get a couple of wins against Australia here, it sets them up nicely to get themselves in the mix for the World Test Championship final again. Um, and also it would set Australia back because Australia, I feel like Australia would, would want to try and get that game back they lost against the West Indies of the Gabba there. Um, they've obviously got, they, they do a bit of an Asian circuit as well in the next at the beginning of next year. And they go to Sri Lanka and somewhere else I've forgotten. Uh, anyway, of course, I have India at home. So, um, uh, yeah, but our first test sold out weeks in advance in Wellington. I'm looking forward to it big time. Obviously, we're going, we'll be there for the second test in Christchurch. So, uh, if you see us. Well, like. I can't wait for that show. That's going to, could be anything. Great I mean, fun. Could be anything. Yeah, uh, yeah I, I, there's a lot of players I like in the New Zealand team and I'm not, Saying that just to be nice, like um, <coughs> Ratchin Ravindra, <laughs> Ravindra, right? Wow, um, well, he's fifty. He's got a quad. Devin Conway's got a thumb, so he might not play. Ratchin Ravindra, yeah. Anyway, sorry, silly buggers. Uh, <laughs> so Ratchin, Kane Williamson, Daryl Mitchell. That's yeah. that's hot. That's three, four, five. I think that's really good. Uh, I, I like it. That is good. Uh, and the the same like Matt Henry comes in hard. Um, Southie will nip it about. Mm-hmm. It's 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 not bad. It's it's just not a bad side. Can definitely do a job on mm-hmm. Australia, particularly at home. And with you know how boisterous their home crowd is, uh, yeah, it's really difficult to play there. Uh, our team is our team. Mm-hmm. Um, big question is whether we can bat because we've not been able to bat for a little while. Yeah, you know, like guys guys need runs and. We put that under summit, I think, a, like in a big way down to fatigue because yeah. the coats haven't stopped playing uh, for a long time. So, yeah, have they had enough rest? Um, have they got enough carrots? You know, what uh, are they uh, playing golf this week? That helps. Okay, oh, all right. Yeah. Um, it, I think if Australia has carrots, they win. Uh, that's just my analysis. And the other thing I'd like to say is, yep. and I, I'm sheepish about doing this every time, my father is coming to Christchurch. If anybody has a ticket, <laughs> if anyone has a, if anyone has a ticket for Saturday, yeah, just general admission, just one, just one for X one. That's exciting. Um, Dad's coming. My father is is coming day one and two. So, nice. Um, he's got one to day one, but day two sold out. It's dress All up right. day. You see. Um, and what's he going as? Uh, let me know what he needs to dress as. Sunny and, Bill uh, Williams. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, anyway, if anyone's you know slide in, slide into a DM, I'd, like, I'd love my dad to go. He's cool either way, but uh, yeah. Um, well, I'm looking for. I mean, I, I agree with you. I think fundamentally, Australia probably just has better players, but carrots and also New Zealand Mate, fucking up for well, it. Well said, grand final. Yep, New Zealand well prepared, well conditioned. Obviously, knocked over South Africa fives. Yep, a while ago there, and uh, you're exactly right. It's it's carrots. It'll it'll come down to carrots. Yep. Uh, all right, should we talk about uh, India and England, that test series? We obviously have Barney Rone on the show. Uh, we spoke to Barney for about 20, 25 minutes, something like that, uh, to get the vibe about baseball. But what happened there in the fourth test? Well, of course, India ended up winning the game by five wickets and therefore lead the series 3-1, heading into the final test match, which starts... Uh, next uh, Thursday? Yes. The, yeah. The day before... 7th. 7th. The Christchurch test. Yeah, yes, that's when right. we're doing our live show. Should so we'll be, do the show. Should be fun. Let's do the show. Yeah have some non-alcoholic beverages yeah, yep. and then record at midnight New Zealand time. 12, yeah, 12, yeah, 30, yeah. something like that. Yeah. So we might just have like a phone with the game going while we're doing the live show, just sort of keep across every ball keep across as, every as ball. we do. Yep. Yeah. Uh, and so a near piece for talk sport. England batted first and made 353 in Ranchi. Root scored 122 red. 
Ollie Robinson scored his first test 50, 58. Folks, 47. Crawley, 42. Jadeja took four for 67. India then replied with 307. They were 177 for seven at one point. In fact, when I say at one point, at literally at that point. Jaiswell made 73. And then the wicketkeeper Jarrell playing his, that uh, must be his second test match, scored 90, which was crucial to get India to 307. Shoal Bashir, five for 119. His first ever first class forfer. <laughs> um, he now has more wickets for England than he does for Somerset. Uh, so the lead hmm. there in the first innings was 46. And then in the third innings, England were out for 145. Ashwin took five for 51. Kuldeep, four for 22. Zach Crawley made 60. So he made 100 runs for the game. Not bad from Crawley on a very difficult deck, you would say. India, therefore, needed the chase 192. India were 120 for five in the chase at one point, but then Shubman made 52 red. Uh, Suleiman, sorry, made 52 red. Uh, Jarrell, 39 red. Jarrell was player of the match. He was fantastic. Rohit made 55 earlier on. Shoa Bashir um, took three for 79, so he took uh, eight for the game. Uh, that's what happened in the game. Um, and just once again, India, too good at home. 17 consecutive home test series. Um Robert Shum was seemed annoyed that it just was sort of a given that India win these series. England England have pushed India in basically all test matches, including even the test match they lost last time by 434 runs. In the first innings there, England were two for 220 uh, behind on India's first innings of 450 or whatever it was. So, look, it wasn't a done deal or anything like that, but I'm just saying, like, England have had moments in every game they've pushed them. So it's been a really enjoyable series, and the cricket has been good and interesting. But once again, India... India just have better players, particularly at home. That's that's basically what it's come down to. Yeah, for a team that uh, is barely part of the conversation, India's done very well to win the series three mm. one. Um, I think that ultimately that the old blokes in Jadeja, Rohit, Ashwin um, did did enough mm. when when they needed to, and young guys, Jarrell, Shubman, Safraz in the second test, uh, third test, sorry, came through. You know, and it, it India just about got themselves there. I thought England pushed them, and um, and their style of cricket presented problems uh, for Rohit's captaincy. And but but nevertheless, the things that India can rely upon, which is playing well in home conditions, and uh, and their spin triumvirate, which when you include Cool Deep as well, who's been really valuable yeah. to them. Uh, <clears throat> You know, there was just enough moments of class from those big guys to get themselves there. But yes, uh, it's one of those like you know, three one is objectively what it what it is, like what the score is. India had done enough. Uh, England, you know, frustratingly capitulated. Uh, at, you know, in big moments, um, I do think their style of play does lend itself to that at times. Uh, but similarly, uh, and probably more often, it puts them in winning positions. So thankfully, because we've done these dailies uh, every day where it's just so tempting to talk about England's rhetoric, mm. we have outsourced the baseball analysis to Barney Ronay. So I don't think we need to, you know, kick him again other than to say, you know, I agree with our YouTube commenter who says that if we're going to have cameras in the trucks, let's have cameras on the cameras and then cameras on those cameras. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And then just unleash a big old dog whistle. Mate, they, yeah, obviously the whole thing. Like India have been full value for their three wins and then the game they lost, Ollie Pope has just played one of the literal all-time greatest innings mm. to elevate England to win. And that mm. just seems to be what it has to be for teams to win away from home against one of the bigger nations. It's yeah. like, look, look at the guys that India are missing. 
Shami, Boomer missed this test match. Coley the whole series. Mm. KL Rahul last two matches. Mm. Jadeja didn't play the second test match. Ashwin was unavailable for half a test match. Um, this was the time to get him. This is the time to get him. Uh, it's always the way, mate. When you and India have just they've just played so well. They've just got mm. they've just got such good players and like to win away from home. India, especially India. I mean, India now have got this record for the last ten years. It puts them in the category of um, one of the toughest tours to have ever existed in the history of cricket. You, you think about like the Caribbean, the West Indies, mm. in the sixties and seventies, Australia in the nineties and two thousands, and now this Indian team. It's it's right up there with like just one of the the hardest places in the history to win a game of cricket, let alone a Test series. And fundamentally. I've said this before. I, I, England aren't a bad team. I don't think they're a very good team. I think they're just they're just they're, they're pretty good. Average. They'll, they'll win. The, they'll win their games at home. They they they're they're a much bigger non-win, not a defeat for them. Was the Ashes? I mean, like just to to not win a home Ashes is um is is the metric. Oh yeah, and that's not really been the analysis from most people even here or there. Like I think Australia getting away with 2-2 was yeah. a good result for them. You know, yeah. it's really difficult to win there, even though they were 2-0 up. Mm. Uh, yeah. Yeah, it's look, I think England are um, under their leadership and style of play. Their team is better than the sum of their parts. You know, there's no that, yeah. doubt that they've progressed mm. and become better. It's the, it's the suck-off around it that sucks. I've yeah. said that a thousand times. So, yeah, I, shout out to uh, Shoal Bashir, by the way, who – Many people will point to his county record uh, and being a very, you know, young, inexperienced county player. But did you know mm. that he actually played Wheelie Bin Shire's cricket last year in Sydney for Linfield? Yeah. Uh, Wheelie Bin, extremely harsh, yeah. uh, derogatory and unnecessary from me, and I withdraw it, sort yeah. of. So Average 14. Uh, average 14, I think uh, 20. Uh, um, shout to uh, Dani Saeed, who told me this uh, at, at Crikey. Uh, yeah, um, I, I, I don't have his numbers in front of me, and if I did, that'd be concerning. But yeah, he's uh, you, you can you can see it on Play HQ, which we'll be talking, speaking about soon. <laughs> <laughs> One of the things you can see. So, um, <laughs> nah, harsh. Hey, James speaks good, uh, well about uh, Play HQ, but um, speaks good. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, he card read good. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, <Yeah>. Mister Kearns. <laughs> Was it, I want money now. Me sick. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah, I, yeah. It just it doesn't it go to show that like that the only like one of the only ways to really achieve respect in Test cricket is one to monopolize all the money between three countries and be one of those three countries. That's the first thing you can do. Yeah. Then the second thing you can do to achieve respect is to win away in one of those countries. Yeah. And I think in the last, it's going to say I'm going to say ten years. Only India has done that away in Australia. And when they beat Australia both times, no excuses. India wins superior team both occasions. Uh, Australia had mitigating circumstances there, which it doesn't take away. I'm just saying that India had mitigating circumstances this time as well, which mm -hmm. gave in England an opportunity, yeah, an opportunity to do it. And, sure. and they missed it. You know, yeah. you, that it, like you, you need in so many ways. It's kind of sad in, in this sense as well, or, or it makes it interesting. I don't know. There needs to be some kind of perfect storm to knock off one of those big teams yep. when they're at home. Like you need them to be in a psychologically difficult place or yes. in a downward trend. You need yes. old players. You need guys to be missing, yep. and you need to be fucking firing. And then you probably scrape in by a bee's dick. Like, like right? in 2019, no, 2017, no, what was it? I was in 2018, 1718 was, uh, is that right? 18, no, 1819 is India out yeah. here. Yeah. So in that moment, Finch is opening the batting, Australia yeah. in just in complete disarray. Yeah, no one and no Smith. Sandpaper, of course. And so then India had that moment 
and, and they take it. And the boys, they take it. Mm. Uh, Hanscom was batting the middle order in that time. Um, anyway, and that's when you had. Um, was that? I don't know. I was going to say that the yeah Australia Australia was was struggling. Yeah, <laughs> that's on. But the, yeah. the time after, yeah. um, when India won fair play, we just um just just yeah. won that won that series. But then yeah. you think about don't like know what was going on with Australia. That England time. into <laughs> England. Uh, well, sorry, when Australia went there to England in twenty nineteen, the chat was like England so tired after the World Cup, and then Australia got themselves into a lead. Then had fucking Bradman batting at four in that series. And even mm. then it was still 2-2. Two, two. It's, it's, yeah. it's so hard to win away from home. England at this time had a chance, even in this game. They had they had that lead. They had India mm. 177 for seven after scoring 350 in the first innings. And then India just executed their skills better and then mm. rolled England for 145 in the third innings of the game, mm. got themselves over the line. That's just, uh, it's just, there's, there's no shame. There's no shame in it at all in losing uh, to India there. But uh, yeah, stop sucking yourselves off. All right, here's Barney. Well, for the first time in a little while, we have Barney Rone, uh, Chief Sports Writer at The Guardian, post-Ranchi on the bell uh, of India versus England, of course. Um, Barney, you know, does this sting, uh, given India is, you know, unimpeachable final boss at home and England engineered themselves into several winning positions, both in this test and in the series, have England done very well here or is it, going to be a 4-1 loss to India B? Well, I think it might be one of those 4-1 losses where you've actually won. I mean, it's fine. It's fine <laughs> if India... I'm, I'm pleased for India. It's good to it's good to play conventional cricket. And if you're happy winning that way, that's fine. I mean, obviously, I mean, this won't go down as a basketball test. There may be an asterisk in the record books. Yeah. A conventional game of cricket was played. Conventional choices were made. People batted slowly. I guess I guess it counts. Um, no, I mean, you know, India didn't run towards the danger. That's fine. Um, they could have done. That's their choice. I, I think England, um, I think you have to accept that um, India are an exceptionally good team. I thought England were just going to be rolled over in every game in this series. Um, obviously, they lost 400 runs in the last game, but they, they then came back. Um, and this was a really good test. Um, they, they, I guess it was lost on the third day where they lost uh, seven wickets for 35 and then India were 40 for none at the close which is quite a hard kind of net wickets and run gain uh, in one session to to get around. Um, and India also had players missing too. But, uh, it, I mean, Ben Stokes said at the end, um, what did he say? I wrote it down here. He said, um, uh, look at the school, scoreboard, India won by five wickets. That doesn't give enough credit to the game. So he's, he's not, he's already not, I mean, I'm, I'm agreeing with him. I don't accept the five wickets reflects the game. I don't think the giving the game's been given enough credit by that. He also said that the way England play has just brought out so much talent in their team and also in India's team, which yes. I would agree with. So while India obviously deserve That's credit legit. for winning, you know everyone's a winner here. There, I'd say it's a game where there was no actual loser. Um, and, and that's fine. So maybe, I don't know, maybe it's a draw. I mean, does that sound fair enough? Series still alive? <laughs> I'm sure we'll hear it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but no, I mean, uh, it, it, this was a good game for England. And all joking aside, I think they've actually done really well in this series. If you can step through, there's, there's two levels of the whole series. There's the kind of um, invisible level of stuff people say around the top of it. Um, you know, 
basically stuff that Ben Duckett says, which you have to kind of wade through and try to find your truth and and or a truth or some kind of truth. And I think beyond all the stuff people say, England have actually played really well. And uh, there wasn't a lot of battle in this game apart from in the field. I think Stokes, again, captained really well. Although he'll be criticised a little bit for being perhaps a bit over-tinkery and not uh, opening with James Anderson with the new ball. The young spinner's obviously not really used to bowling with it. So um, India got off to quite a good start, which was kind of decisive in the end. So maybe you'd say uh, he could have done that more conventionally. But of course, as we know, you're not allowed to criticise. If you've enjoyed any of the good bits, you cannot criticise any of the bad bits. That's a rule. I don't know why. I don't know why it's a rule, but people say it all the time, so that's a rule. So for the first time in anything ever in the history of human culture, we cannot say anything about the bad bits. If there is one good bit, we acknowledge. So uh, I'm going with the cult take that that was all fine and that was all just part of secretly winning this Series 3-1. (laughs) Barty, I don't want to get into, you know, maybe the real baseball was the friends we made along the way kind of mindset. But if I could ask you to put the finger on the pulse of the nation of cricket fandom in the UK, where you're coming into this series, like there's obviously no shame to losing to India in India, which is just one of the hardest tasks to win a series there in the 140 year history of of this stupid game. Um, But like England have been in every single test match, even the test match that where they lost by 434 runs. That was, it still felt like that was a good game and the, and England were in it. And so like, is it when you think about where England were at the end of our uh, Silverwood and roots reign, do you think that most people will be like, you know what, if this series ends three, one, three, two, four, one, like that's that they've played, they have played well, but this is like the first time where like, you can't bullshit your way around like no, we we didn't lose. I know I know we're trying to do it now, but like because they factually lost. But do, do you think the fandom are like no? This is I'm, I'm happy with this. This this is this is decent. Yeah, I mean England factually lost. That's true. But but and it's a big but. Um, but those are just words. You know what, what do words really mean? And words and numbers. No, no. I, I think to be fair, they have played really well. Um, yeah. They're not. Not a very good team. They're, they're not. They're just not a very good team. They have a forty-two-year-old team bowler who's their best bowler. They've got I mean, Ollie Robinson here bowling seventy-four mile an hour no balls, um, and he hasn't played a game since since July. That was a. I mean, I don't really know what's happening there. Um, you know, the, the 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 game is not in a great state, frankly. In in England and towards the end of the Silverwood Root era, you really people talk about Test cricket sort of dying, and it's, it's always been dying, hasn't it? Since they first burnt some stumps in the Victorian age, it's been dying. But you kind of started to actually believe, well, okay, we talk about it enough. It really is going, and just any sign of life. I'm I'm I'm, I'm grateful for any at my age. I'm grateful for any sign of, of life, and. Um, I, I think that the real question is why don't England produce more and better cricketers? Why aren't they better at test cricket anyway? Every time they win a game, it's treated as a miracle. Stokes has pulled off a miracle. It really shouldn't be. They have a lot of resources. They play a lot more test cricket than anyone else. They should be really good. Although, frankly, it's been like that since I was a kid, apart from a few brief sort of spells in the middle. Um, 
doing the Duncan Fletcher and what have you. Um, so it's not a miracle that they win games. It shouldn't be. The real problems in English cricket are the um, the pathway, uh, talent development. I mean, Shreve Bashir is the case in point. Um, he was rejected uh, by Surrey as a, as a kid. I mean, actually, I I saw him bowl a lot as a teenager because um, he, he played with my son in the junior levels at Surrey. So I watched him in a really dingy, dark, cold hall bowling a, a mat in an empty net while a bunch of really bored-looking blokes in tracksuits watched him. And he was always... people. The kids always said, oh, he's a good... He's, he's the best spinner, he's a good spinner. This is literally a year and a half ago. He was released by Surrey. Uh, you've got no future in professional cricket. We don't see it. Um, went around minor counties, literally playing, I'd say, yeah, 18 months ago in games really on just scrappy pitches, uh, nobody watching, Buckinghamshire against Bedfordshire. He's still playing that kind of cricket. And it was really uh, a couple of games he had a under-18s cup game. He took five wickets against Somerset under-18s. And they thought, hang on, that guy's quite good. Uh, and then Stokes obviously saw him on Twitter, uh, bowling to Alistair Cook. And and the difference between what people see, Stokes on understands the elite level, thought well, this kid's obviously got something you can see he has now, but he could have quite easily been lost to the game. Basically because he's not, he doesn't bat much, he's not a clubbable guy, he's a pretty serious young man. And at that lower level, you've got to shout to make a lot of noise to get through, and that wasn't him. So I think his emergence is really interesting. It's not necessarily that he's going to be a world-class bowler now. I was talking to a former professional cricketer yesterday. He said, well, he said, um, this guy didn't have much of a first-class career, but said, you know, on my debut, I, I took four wickets and got four test batsmen out. And I thought I was going to be the next big thing, but it turned out I wasn't. It's really hard. And you can do that in India on that pitch, but it's just so difficult to turn that into a consistent to be an Ashwin to keep doing it year after year after year. So who knows what happened to him? I don't want to build him up. But, but the, it was decided to never career in professional cricket is really the issue with English cricket rather than Ben Stokes and the England team acting like teenagers, you know, on a year off. who've just met the guy on the beach and spandex trousers who's talking about Timothy Leary and blowing their minds, who is, of course, in this situation, Brendan McCullum. Um. <laughs> To that end, you know, with the emergence of, of Shah Bashir and um, and England as a test team achieving things that they haven't recently been able to do, if you do wade through the bullshit that you were talking about, the, the zealotry and the um, ideologues and the evangelism and all of the all of the corollary cult stuff that seems to come with the style of cricket they play, if you can wade through it and it isn't part of it, that that access of access of key and Stokes and McCullum, you know, do they represent some kind of way forward for England cricket to you? You know, is the style that they're playing as an international men's team enough to galvanise, mobilise, you know, amplify the best of England cricket? Or has is that just elite level um, pro sports mind stuff and it doesn't really address what, what's actually going on underneath? No, but the, the style and the environment is is really good. It is good. Um, it's been such a nasty, cruel place at the time. Uh, times, you know, um, hierarchy in English cricket can be really horrible, and it, it's been very hard for the talented players to express themselves. So, for all the kind of joshing at Stokes, I think uh, his ability to be kind and encouraging to young players is a massive thing in 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 English 
society. People that aren't like that. You know, this country is not nice to people often in hierarchical situations like sports teams. And I think it's great. Actually, that environment is great. But it's not, yeah, it's not a pathway thing. It, it, it kind of, I often think it's a bit like the expression of the end of something. I mean, what basically happened is nobody, Stokes is the most powerful person in English cricket by miles. There's nobody, nobody can really say anything to Stokes. He's, he's the last celebrity. He's the last crossover person. He's the last person people have heard of. Um, he's, he's paid more than anyone's ever been paid. The administrators used to have quite sort of serious roles of power in English cricket, and you knew who they were. You knew the chairman of selectors was a big deal. They're not anymore. Stoke, whatever Stokes says goes, basically. So you've got this kind of Caesar situation. You've got this Caesarian leader where the entire empire is going to be bent to your character. Um, you know, all the phases of Rome were defined by the vices of the emperor at that time. Um, so, you know, narcissism, whatever. In Stokes's case, it's this kind of, um, I'm going to heal the pain of my childhood spent playing this horribly vicious game by making a nice atmosphere. And that's become the thing that defines everything in English cricket. It's known by this word basil now, because his personality is so dominant, his celebrity is so dominant, that that's all we talk about. If you take him out of English cricket now, I don't even know what, I can't remember what it's supposed to be about. What do we talk, if you just erase Stokes, what what is it again? It's Lord uh, the Oval and Ollie Robinson. Like there's just a huge vacuum without him. Um, <laughs> that we're so sort of enthralled to this this man and his personality because he's such a likable guy. And because I have to say, a lot of the the journalism around him is, is as enthralled to him as as his team. You know, you're you're embedded with the England team. You're dependent on Stokes to get your message across because he is the amplifier. So it's it's very hard to uh, to not be sort of swirled along with it. I don't know if it's a long-term plan. I don't even know how much longer he will be there because this obviously takes a huge amount out of him. His body has been knackered. He seems to have got a bit fitter. But the uh, the mental exhaustion of doing this all the time, carrying everything, is, is obviously really tangible. Um, I mean, definitely having the time of his life as well. And you earn a million quid a year every year you do it. But I don't know if it's a long-term plan. It feels a little bit like you're throwing the last of the ancestral furniture onto the fire and watching it blaze, you know, as, as, as the roof caves in. But um, it is fun to watch, undoubtedly. <laughs> um, Australia and England and India have this same thing where basically, well, sorry, England and Australia have the same thing where basically the two biggest tests are India away and then um, the ashes away. Th- those those are the ones where like you you basically, if you win that, then you, that's the marker of how good your team is. Now, England, despite they'll play 17 tests this year, I'm not sure how many they've already played. These might be the first ones this year they've played. Is that right? Yeah. So they, they still have another 14 tests or, or 13 tests to play this year. They'll probably smash everyone at home as teams tend to happen anyway. Um, but then the next big test for this axis of power, as we're talking about, is Australia away. So, I mean, England must be like so disappointed. They've got to wait 18 or nearly two years to get the chance to test themselves again in the, in the biggest moment because they were, they, they have been, they have been close in this series to scale the mountain that no one's done in 10 or 12 years or whatever it's been. So that like in the camp, it, I know they're going to say like, no, it's all good times. We're going to play golf in Dubai now for two weeks or whatever. But like they, they must be bitterly disappointed that they've let this one go. 
Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm sure they are. I'm sure they are. And um, uh, I think that the, the challenge is going to be to keep that the vibe high, the energy high, because like you say, that Stokes can still be there when they go to us. I'm sure he wants to be. I mean, the last ball was so miserable for everyone. It really was. I mean, the stuff we don't know about that went on behind the scenes, I think, was really quite heinous. Um, you know, we were still semi-COVID lockdown, weren't we? And mm, uh, mm. Uh, it was, you know, it was horrible. It was the, do you remember the, the Hobart game was just one of the bleakest looking oh. things I've ever witnessed. Oh. Final wicket, Ollie Robinson wandering across the stumps and everybody just so unhappy. Um, I think they got Dan Billings in just to try and cheer everyone up because he's quite <laughs> lively. That was based, based in his selection. So I, I think that was also part of um, you know what's happening now. There was an idea that this is this is going to die. We're all going to die doing this if we don't just try to be cheerful. But whether they can sustain this energy to that point, I'm not really sure. They play, um, yeah, they play series that you'd expect them to win this summer in Sri Lanka and West Indies at home, I think, which is kind of you know Ollie Robinson seven for thirty um, people who you know all jagging around this completely different game. Um, this this and Australia were the were the big things, and I, and I think the fifty over World Cup was as well. If you bundle that into it, on the face of it, it's actually been a pretty disappointing few months. You know, of um, a kind of I, I'm not sure they've always judged conditions well. I'm not sure some of the basic stuff has been done that well. Um, there have been oversights and things that Rocky will will admit to that have sort of gone wrong in just covering the bases. Not so much in the test tour, but um, at times you felt it's been a little bit skin of your teeth. And and yeah, this is it is for all the sort of optimism. It is a massive opportunity missed because India were not that strong here. They are missing players. I'm not sure that the batting is that good below uh, the openers. Um, you know, there's a, I don't know. I think England really worked out Safras Khan in this game in a really interesting way. I don't know if you watched that period of play where they, they know he wants to rotate the strike. And Stokes did this brilliant thing with his field, where he put them back just at the right distance to encourage, go on, go on, just drop it in there, drop it in there. And Safras looked utterly freaked out by the end of it. It was, it was somebody bullying an opposition batsman with his spinners, which I've never seen from an England captain before. Um, uh, so uh, there was an opportunity there, but, uh, you know, in the end, they just weren't good enough. You know, for all the talk, um, India's skill was greater in this test. And in Drew, Drew Jarrell, um, I, I think he's a fantastic cricketer. I don't, have you seen the story about him and his dad? Um, one of my favourite I caught it before story. we got on from, the, from your piece. Yeah, the dad who didn't know he was playing cricket, who forbade him to play cricket, who gave up for a couple of years. I mean... You know, for a cricket dad like that, what wouldn't you? What if, what if the whole world had cricket dads like that? What a happier place it would be! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is a contrast. You were talking about this beautiful story about his dad. You know, saying there's a guy with your name uh, who seems to have scored runs, even though he'd forbade his son. His son and Drew didn't want to say that it was indeed him. We were just on our daily suggesting that Drew Jarrell also was the dad of India right now and came home and, you know, Shubman Gill was suckling on his teeth. So slightly different kind of analogies being used uh, and, and pictures being painted, but all landing the same way. I, I, I just want to feature this, um, Barney. Uh, I don't really know how to ask, but like this England team is so fascinating because the cricket they play is compelling. They do, they challenge conventions and norms of the game. Stokes is a really 
dynamic captain, particularly in the field. Um, the the uh, the the discourse supporting the team from a lot of the journalists is like um, at acolyte levels at times. You can marshal so many statistics to back up this team being great where it was and where it's going. Um, ben Stokes has a higher win percentage of, as captain than Mike Brearley, who's regarded as the great mind of English cricket. And they're just eighth on the World Test Championship, got smashed in the World Cup. Uh, you know, like India is India. Everyone sort of loses there, so that will be brushed aside. And then the team will do some incredible things this summer to some minnows who are deeply under-resourced. And I think, I just think the messaging and the movement of basketball will just continue to snowball and grow, even though the objective facts of it are lots of losses in cricket. Yeah, the win percentage thing is a load of nonsense because it used to be the case that everybody you played was kind of on a level playing field. I mean, Zimbabwe are pretty good, um, whereas now England should be beating everybody except India and Australia away, really. That's what you should aim for. Um, you're, you're playing teams who've just got nothing and whose players aren't there playing in franchises. So win percentage is a load of nonsense. And winning in Pakistan when they just haven't played tests at home for ages. I mean, it was good, but like it, it wasn't the kind of um, revelatory thing it was made out to be. The, the thing about following them is hilarious. I, what I, I really enjoyed the um, the Joe Root shot for Rory. Um, I just love the bad ball response. It's not just a bad shot. It's the worst shot anyone, <laughs> even the bad stuff, is just so massive and so yeah. dominating of the skyline. It's the worst shot ever. And in fact, every time a bad ball batsman gets out, it's the worst shot anyone has ever played. And the good shots are the best shots anyone has ever played. And if you can't understand that, you know, I, I feel sorry. You know, I just, I wish you could see that, you know, <laughs> but you could just see the extremes. Yeah, I mean, it's incredible. I don't know where it will end. It needs a good ending. Something has to happen that, to go out in the right way. I don't really know how, but um, the, the results haven't been that good really in the last year um so it's obviously not going to be result based it's going to be about feelings and and uh, as ben Stokes said finding ways to, to 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 make it quite clear that the score does not always reflect the game which is going on behind the game honey ronay always great to chat thanks so much for your time very uh, generous of you to give it on the bell when with such a stinging loss um post ranchy always appreciate uh you being on the show Cheers, guys. Thank you very much to Barney uh, for joining us. Great to have Barney back on the show after being so long. Um, but now, Pez, we're going to talk to James Allsop, who is Australian, uh, sorry, Cricket Australia Executive for Community Cricket. So he's, he's, he's a honcho, James uh, Allsop, and like a year or two older than us. He came into our studio and uh, and looked a million bucks, as as you should, you know, as an executive. He's really but, doing uh, something with his life. He, he, he is. He, he, like, he, he, like just, and just, then you just have a look at yourself and you're like, wow, okay. My band can still make it, Dad. <laughs> But no, it was it was it was very cool to talk to him. The the reason uh, we had him in, and you, you'll hear this in the chat, is that uh, you know, a couple of things were said about Play HQ a week or so ago, uh, a couple of weeks ago, and and CA to their credit called and like, well, can we have a chat about that? Like, can, can we get a say? And we're like, yeah, absolutely, hundred percent. Like to James's credit, and, and we know like Play HQ is um, the bane of a lot of people's existence, but uh, you know, I think he. It was good of him to turn up the chat about it, but we also figured like it's not just about all right, defend Play HQ. It's about 
this, this guy's the head of community cricket in Australia. You yeah. know, we, we, we talk about that. So we talk broadly about community cricket, club cricket, uh, future, and he, he gives some um, pretty interesting views on how Cricket Australia sees it, what's coming up next, what are some of the challenges, etc. Uh, so hope you enjoy the chat. Here he is right now. Here's James Alsop. It's with great excitement and gratitude uh, we welcome a man who not only looks after the cricket so many of us play around Australia, uh, but was a formidable player himself. Uh, I'm talking young Bankstown first grade captain when Sydney Test Cricket mm. was the best amateur competition in the world. That's what we told each other at the time. I'm talking New South Wales 17s, New South Wales 19s, maybe New South Wales Colts. Um, both of us, as in TGC and, and Cricket Australia, have been trying to tee up this chat for a little while um, because this, you, you, this is the honcho of community cricket in Australia. Uh, and what is TGC if not a crooked, sometimes perverse mirror or window into that world? Um, Cricket Australia must be avid listeners to TGC because I got a call a week or so ago saying, uh, you've said some stuff, we'd love a chance to chat. <laughs> and we were like, hell yes. So this is awesome. This is awesome. Um, I think it's great you're here, James. Uh, this is discourse. This is connect- connecting with the punter. So with that in mind, very warm welcome to Cricket Australia's Executive General Manager of Community Cricket and a guy who looks great in a suit. Uh, bag James, of fruit. Bag of fruit. James Allsop. James, welcome. Thanks, Sam. Thanks. He goes, good to be here. And uh, feelings mutual. Massive fan of the show and love what you guys have done for cricket and um, yeah, looking forward to the chat. All right, name one episode. No, um, <laughs> <laughs> I think that How? one on Play HQ last week. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. Good. That's great. That's great. <laughs> Let's ease into it. Um, this isn't the Simon Caddish live show where we just got straight into the yeah, main Yeah, that point. was quite aggressive. In um, yeah. How can we explore community cricket without evaluating your own career yeah. you know before we run the rule over it ourselves like, how would you describe your own cricket career i was a really good wicket keeper and then blokes like adam gilchrist and brad Haddon, like selfish guys came along i was so good at batting that um made me realize that i wasn't good enough at batting to go any further so i applied my trade at bankstown and had lots of fun uh, but good wicket keeper solid lower order batter uh, but not quite good enough with the bat to to go any further mm. now you are an executive of cricket, but you can also catch, which is quite an oxymoron. Yeah, mm. like that's that's a, that's a huge test. Someone in cricket that can actually catch a ball. Um, you <laughs> you played. You would have played in the year of the War Brothers. Yeah, I did. did you play under Steve? Was Steve War the captain of Bankstown? No, no, so he I, I, did he play under you? So yeah. I debuted at sixteen. I got photos at home with this stupid blonde peroxide hair. Like yeah. I'm sure style of the time. Yeah, it yeah, was yeah, a style yeah, of the time. Yeah, Bankstown too. Yeah. Like idiot. Uh, and my second ever game in first grade <laughs> as a sixteen-year-old, I played oh, okay. with Steve and Mark War. Right, oh, so I've okay. got some great photos okay. at home sitting there with um, yeah, just deer in headlights, two of your idols, getting to go on the same field. I batted that game with Steve War. I think he got, I think he might have got eighty or something like that. And he came out, and I walked out, and um, he sort of said a couple of things like, I don't, I don't even know to be honest, like get mm. your iron. And I think I nicked <laughs> the second ball, and mm. but still um, can say I batted with Steve War. But then Mark War retired from, uh, well, I think I dropped for Australia, but he was still playing for New South Wales for a couple of years. And during, it might have been two years, if not, it was definitely 12 months, he captained Bankstown first grade. So played a year under Mark as captain when I must have been about 18 or 19. He stood at sort of second slip and was catching as good then as he was in his peak. So, yeah, very, very lucky to get to play with two of the greats of the game for a long period of time. Oh. Well, let's just stick with that for a second. Yeah, let's. So juniors, <laughs> juniors at two. Yeah. And you're keeping. 
I got Ken Hall at one. Now, oh, now run knows. us through Ken. Like, so you're saying a lot of names where he goes and I know this stuff mm. intimately, but a lot of people will be listening, particularly in places like, you know, Hyderabad, uh, who will be like Ken yeah. Hall, not quite across yeah. it. So Ken Hall, so if we go back to my first first grade game, Ken yeah. Hall would have been probably 50, if not close to 50, and I played as a 16. Apparently it was the biggest disparity between, like age gap between two players and a team at that time. And I actually just ran into Ken at, um, at the airport like two days ago, he was coming back from a veterans tournament where he must be in the over nineties or something now. Um, <laughs> so you're 16, Ken Hall's 50, Mark yeah. Wars. Uh, it'd be late thirties. Yeah. Mid thirties. Mid thirties. Um, okay. What's the chat? Yeah. So, so what are you learning? Yeah. What are you so learning? Ken was a better catch of the mark. That shows. Wow. wow. But I reckon the reason stuff, I probably yeah. got some accolades with the gloves is because I only had to catch the ones right near me. I didn't have yeah. to dive because yeah. Ken had swallowed it or Mark would swallow it. And I just had to catch the feathers. So it made me look better. I, you know, I didn't need to dive because I've got Ken Hall standing behind me. Um, but no, it was an amazing time. And then that team sort of people like Wayne Holsworth and David Friedman, Scott Thompson, mm. um, just legends of the game and sort of were leading, leading contributors to the success of Bankstown during that period. Yeah, I like how you're mentioning those names. Like, it's it's like that meme now of like men just have fun by naming old plays to oh, each other. One of the best things ever. I could, yeah. Like, I could do that with Bankstown Greenshield stuff. <laughs> I don't want the AFP to turn up. But um, this, is on, this is on Crick Info. You're, you're the youngest regular first grader in Sydney in 2001, too. Like, and you're being very humble about your own career. Like, what, what do you think it is about Australian, like that uniquely Australian phenomenon where? Like you basically have to underplay your own career unless you've played a hundred tests. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's a good question. Um, <laughs> like you've no, been with Steve War, you've yeah. captained the Bankstown side, yeah. you've played under Mark War, seventeens, yeah. uh, nineteens, yeah. strong time for New South Wales cricket, and it's like uh, oh. you know, like, like James Brayshaw well, commentates right. You, you look another way, like youngest player and all the things you spoke about, but didn't go on and play first class cricket. So mm. maybe they got it wrong when I was younger that it wasn't as. But nonetheless, yeah. I, like I look back and I had an awesome time and, and great cricket was like, it was different. I think the big difference between great cricket back then and what it is now is the players that we're talking about played. Like people talk about the standard of um, premier or great cricket is deteriorated. My personal view is the only reason it has deteriorated somewhat is because the Mark Wars or the Scott Thompson's or David Freeman's, if they weren't playing for Australia or New South Wales, they'd play a lot more for their grade club and that would obviously strengthen the whole competition. I think that's a big difference now. So, um, and it's going to be harder now with more T20 cricket, seeing those professional players playing as much as probably something that we're not going to see again. But you look back and if we stroll down memory lane here, it was an awesome time. Every weekend you'd, you'd come against probably some kind of first-class cricketer. Mm. Everyone had like seriously fast bowlers. And I remember 16 and 17, I, like, I, I, was, I was so nervous every game. I was genuinely scared sometimes – I remember we played an attack against, I think it was Mossman. That'd be mm. a guy called Phil Alley. He was yes, oh, tall, yeah. left arm. Um, yeah. Seven yeah. foot. Yeah. And yeah. Trent Johnson, who was a really good cricketer and just yeah. had a mouth on him and made you feel mm. really, really scared. And Warwick Adler, who could swing it around corners and you go out to bat and like you, you just you had massive imposter syndrome. Yeah. And, it, and it probably held me back from going and playing more cricket because I think I, I probably, going back to your original question, I probably yeah. doubted my own ability, particularly with a bat when I was young and maybe needed to back myself more. Should we use, use that as a leapfrog and talk about great cricket now? Because my experience, I stopped a segue, playing. Segway, if you will. I thank you, I, and mm. and I will, and I will. Um, when I was, I think I was thirty or thirty-one my last year of great cricket, and I felt so old playing great cricket. Now, like when I started, 
when I was 18 or 17 or 18, whatever I was, it felt like there were heaps more guys in their 30s. Now, that, that could just be like a high school thing where you remember guys in year 12. They must have, everyone must have been nine foot tall, but mm. you were just smaller. Mm. So I'm not sure if that's true, but like, is it is it the case that grey cricket's way younger than what it used to be because of like, because society has changed? People, they go to uni and they start working full time. Yeah. It just becomes harder. Yeah. I mean, it hasn't changed dramatically. Like, the okay. data hasn't shown that there's a big age difference. The, the big difference is what I spoke about before. Like, Guys that were playing international cricket or first-class cricket, they'd come back and play grade cricket, which sort of pushed everyone back down. So you'd have a lot of those older guys in okay. the middle of their careers still playing, and that, yeah. that's just not the case these days. Uh. Um, I think no doubt like busy lifestyles and having families and all that's changed, but I don't think that's a, a new thing. I think that was always um, happening when we were younger. I just think the big difference was people that were the top of the tree in terms of first-class cricketers were coming back and play, playing grade cricket and that – it's 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 very rare that they that they have the opportunity. So like like days. the international schedule has like has affected the grassroots because they the the top guys play so much that like like Mitchell Stark is I think he's contracted with Manly but he would never he wouldn't even own Manly kit. Is he Manly? <laughs> I he was Western Suburbs. <laughs> well, he was. He was. Yeah, he, was, he, he was. Yeah. Then he moved to Northern Beaches. Yeah. yeah. And then, uh, well, I think it's the international schedule. and It's also the global T Twenty franchise. Yeah. Right. Well, right. Right. You got people like um, Chris Green and guys like that who can now go away and. Um, playing different leagues throughout throughout the world and even the Big Bash. Obviously, you've got eight weeks throughout the summer period where there's a lot of grade cricket on, but yeah. the guys are off playing um, throughout Australia. So I think that's been the big impact on grade cricket. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Sh- should anyone who's listening out there who like wants good players to come back and play grade cricket, like listen to the honcho <laughs> and go like it, it, that, that ship sailed? Like, is that, <laughs> well, is that kind mate, of the message? Or? My, yeah. um, where my little fellas and my daughter are playing cricket at the Mount Eliza Cricket Club. We've just moved to Melbourne about uh, almost two years now. And the, the club most weeks are asking me, can you, can you come and fill in and play a game? And they keep saying, come play a game of threes or twos. I'm a little bit offended. Yeah, I, like, uh, I had that a few months ago as well. Surely yeah. I'm still... Yeah. <laughs> but I've said to them when my, um, when my young fella's um, old enough to play I can't wait to play a game with him again and mm. I think that's one of the beauty like it's a great thing about cricket the fact you can play with your, your children and not many other sports away to sort of play, play at a similar level and go out there and run your son out or something like that so um, <laughs> Just to let, just to let him just know. To let him know. Just to let just him know. Just to let him know. Just yeah. I'm still in charge. So. Yeah. So, yeah. I reckon in a couple of years when he's ready to play, that'll be my next game of cricket. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I was going to say, like, just just speaking about the way society is changing, and maybe we're just looking at it through rose-tinted spectacles, being older. You know, for example, you're, you're saying that it hasn't particularly become younger. Just when we were 17, we were looking up to guys who we thought were 40 and they were just 23. Wow, uh, this one's got a job. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but uh, th- there, was, um, there was an article in Code Sports recently about how uh, – it was, it was ostensibly about Jasper at Boomer as Yorker and how he, um, he developed it in his house because it was the only way he could um, – help his mum continue to sleep if he actually hit the part where like the floor and the wall um connected and this article in code sports was about how that the housing crisis is impacting backyard cricket right um Mm. and in it ian healy uh made this point saying i think school curriculums have more to them than when we were growing up uh, kids seem to have a lot of things to go to after school. There's more formal cricket coaching where we would just go home and play like a lot more free time. Um, so, so I guess my question is like, how is, how is club community cricket evolving to adapt to the way society yeah. is changing? That's all that's a hundred percent. Right. I mean, um, I remember when we were probably playing, it was sort of backyard cricket and whatever footy code it was in, in the winter, but um, the curriculum is far more, um, 
there's so much more focus around literacy and numeracy and so forth. Mm. And cricket's one of those sports where it's bloody hard. Like it's, mm. it's a, it's a, there's a lot of complex skills. Like bowling a cricket ball, mm. if you've never done it before, it's tough. Catching a 142-gram hard ball is hard for a kid or mm. trying to throw a ball is hard. So it's it's a real worry for our sport that um, that free time when people play a lot more backyard cricket or um, there's a lot more physical literacy in, in schools and PE was probably prioritised more than it was. I think our sport more than all others has has a real impact if, if that's not the case anymore. Mm. So our Woolworths Cricket Blast program is just so important. We look at it being like backyard cricket but better. Yeah. It's the opportunity to... I guess instill that first love of the game that we probably got from when we were playing backyard cricket or street cricket or whatever it was. But it's also where they can develop those fundamental movement skills for cricket. Um, and what we find is where the growth happens in club cricket is clubs that run a really good Woolworths Cricket Blast program, they get great transition into junior cricket and those juniors eventually become seniors and it's a nice flow-on effect. Um, but often people sort of think, oh, well, we'll just start our cricket at under 10s or under 11s, but so much so much work needs to be done these days more so than ever before to make sure cricket's front in mind. People are starting to develop a love of the game that is almost um, orchestrated for them because it's not as natural as it was when there was backyard cricket and I guess more cricket in, in school programs. So that becomes a really important program to try and teach kids the skills and, and then obviously transition them into junior cricket and that's the big focus of our strategy at the moment. So uh, like a big part of your job is to grow cricket in underrepresented communities i'd imagine so like so multicultural communities young girls i'm guessing and women generally speaking if i was trying to get like my neighbor into cricket like where do you i mean then there's like an lbw i mean explain that to someone like it's like that must be so difficult to get those communities into cricket because i think i read something and you'd be able to tell me that it's like 10% 10% of the people that signed up for cricket in Australia are girls. Is that right? Yeah, we're, we're more than that now. So okay. Got, um, so one in four of our cricket bias participants are now girls. One in four. Yeah. Okay, which, that's which is great. And, yeah, that, and that's yeah, the yeah. opportunity for us because we're still, I think about 12 or 13% of everyone playing the game being women or girls. Yeah. So we're miles away from where we want to be. Okay. But the good sign is we've got one in four of our cricket bias participants now girls. So yeah. our opportunity is to bring them obviously through to junior and senior cricket. Yeah. Um, but the complexities of cricket, uh, and I know this firsthand this year because yeah. uh, my daughter is eight years old and we have got an all-girls cricket team mm-hmm. playing in the under-10 boys comp down the peninsula and every one of those girls, probably with the exception of my daughter because unfortunately she's stuck with a cricket family, had no <laughs> idea about the rules of cricket. So I think the key is the storytelling. Like mm. how do you explain cricket in a way that kids or people aren't far of the game can understand? Mm. So we, with the girls, we, instead of talking about a crease, we talk about home like home base. You got, you, mm. you got to stay in your safe zone and things like that. Right, okay, mm. yeah. You teach teach sort of shots to play. We only had two shots. We had the slap shot, which is your traditional sort of pull shot, anything in your body, and the full face shot for anything outside. And so just trying to keep it really simple and slowly building on their, their knowledge as you go. But you're right, it's a it's a complex um, game to explain to people. Yeah. Hence why starting at a young age is important because if you're 13, 14, anything like me and a bit self-conscious, trying to do something that feels a little bit foreign and you're not sure, oh, you're not going to want to borrow that in your nah, teenage years. So nah. we've got to start that love and development of the skills of the game when they're really young. Yeah, so storytelling. Yeah, because I mean, I, it'd just be like, like I just liked it because my dad liked it. You know, like, and then... And, then, and I was desperate for his attention. <laughs> that, that's a developmental thing. <laughs> yeah, and, and still ongoing. I started the mm. podcast uh, about it uh, years later. <laughs> um, yeah, so but storytelling is like is, is the way forward. For it. Yeah, I think so. It's yeah. explaining the game in a way that's simple enough to people understand and then pick it up the more that they play. Yeah. Um, but like even the girls' team, all the mums in the team, they had no idea about cricket. And yeah. six months in, they sort of know the rules, they've been watching games and they talk about it. So 
It's just taking time and trying to simplify it through uh, in messages that kids or people who never played the game can understand. I think that's the key. Mm. Do you think it is fair to say that like uh, cricket today has, you know, if it is in the entertainment industry, if you accept that, it's got far many more far more competitors than it may have 20, 30, 40, 50 years ago. Australia is probably less culturally influenced by the British uh, than it used to be. We don't talk about creases anymore. It saves or, or whatever. Like people have less time. Life's more expensive. I can't watch a TikTok for more than 10 seconds. Uh, like like how, how does cricket <laughs> respond to that? Yeah, I think um, the formats that we play are really, really important. Like we've had really good growth in junior cricket particularly last five or six years since we introduced junior formats and some people don't like the junior formats the sort of more traditional people but um less people on the field feeling like you're touching the ball more hitting the ball Mm. more um just it's got to be fast paced uh definitely tapping into some of those audience you're talking about like we've got this huge south asian immigration Mm. um you spoke about sort of our numbers that we've got i think 18 percent of all the people playing cricket now come from one of the South Asian countries. Mm, yeah, right. Um, and over a third of all our participation is people from um, our multicultural backgrounds. So obviously tapping into the people that have already, got, I guess, got that instilled love of the game is really, really important. Um, but, yeah, just just making sure the game's relevant um, and flexible and innovative, um, that, that's the key because, I mean, when we all signed up, you, you signed up in September and you commit to two nights of training and you mm. play Saturday and usually get dragged into playing Sundays like – People are, are, are far more reluctant to do now do that now. So trying to up opportunities for people to play midweek afternoons, like the under tens girls comp that we play in on a Friday night's a great way to finish the week. But there's an option for Saturday, an option for Wednesday. It's just trying to make sure the game stays relevant with um, increasingly busy lifestyles for for people in the community. Mm. What about this stuff? You see, sorry, he goes yeah. you, like you know pop up pop up every couple of years where there's a new rule in junior cricket where like if you get out, you're not actually out and you get to keep batting and then you get some older blokes come in and go, well, that's actually not how you learn or develop. You know, what's your, what's your position? Meanwhile, meanwhile in India, some kids are on a thousand. <laughs> that, like literally that, a thousand. That, that's, that's right. <laughs> yeah, I think... And um, we can't get our first ball. <laughs> I mean, you, 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 I mean the, great, the great thing about cricket in the community that I've found in this role is so there's so many people out there that just care so much about the game. Mm. And we shouldn't... One way of saying it, yeah. yeah. <laughs> a little too much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, yeah. but we shouldn't take that for granted. But um, some, yeah. sometimes you just got to gotta lean on what the data tells you as well. And yeah. ever since we introduced the junior formats, we've had a 6% increase in retention. So that means that more kids are coming back to play mm. a second year than ever Because they're given a go to play. Because they're given a go. Yeah. Yeah. There's absolutely a place when you start getting into rep pathways where you need to bat for longer periods of time. and We can um, dominate the hell out of our kids. <laughs> so, yeah, that, that's right. Where you can, we can you live your father's dream. Exactly. Oh, now, now we're talking. I'm back yeah. in. Dad will come out from the tree. But I think when it comes <laughs> getting more, more and more people to play, it's around um, making sure everyone's got opportunity, um, fast-paced, making sure everyone's playing at the right level they need to. And there's absolutely space for developing talent, but it doesn't really come at the the grassroots of the game. We try and inspire love of the game. What about the? the I went to a big bash game uh, this year. I actually went to Nick Cummins, head of um, Creek Victoria, and uh, mm. we, we were talking there. And um, I just couldn't believe how many, like how different the crowd was from a big bash game to like a test game. They're completely different demographics. Like there were so many young kids who were, were mainly interested in putting a, an empty bucket on their head, to be fair, and just collecting as many buckets as possible. <laughs> Um, less of that at test matches, though. Not that's not exclusively true. But like the big bash, it, it's like it's is is it like a gateway for kids? Is it, is that is that what we're doing with yeah, it? Absolutely. I mean, the, the, yeah. the purpose of the big bash originally originally was to um, create or target new audiences for the game, and it yeah, was right. largely around families, kids, and, and young girls. And I think yeah. we've absolutely done that. I think um, the last twelve months, I think crowds are up between twenty and thirty percent on the big bash. 
so new audiences it's it's really almost that intersection between um cricket and culture and entertainment and then the test cricket but what's been funny i've noticed about test cricket um and the test cricket this year was really interesting because i think a lot of people thought oh it's going to be a tough summer with pakistan west indies ended up being good uh, like the games the games were good. the games are great yeah. and they could have yeah. gone either way but, yeah but the crowds are really good um i think we had over 30 sessions with over a million people watching us watching it and that's sort of the i guess the benchmark for the footy codes like can you get a million people watching we had 30 yeah, okay. sessions of west indies and pakistan where people are watching it and the crowds are good but what you notice in the crowds some of those crowds that probably started new people new families that were starting to watch big bash you're starting to see more of those families start to enjoy um test cricket as well mm. um so it's funny there's a lot of talk around the future of cricket and the balance between odis and t20 and test cricket my personal belief is there is place for all as long as there's um, relevance and um whether well, it was the sort of 50 over World Cup in India, which was mm. really compelling. I mean, the Test cricket's been fantastic from Ashes to this summer to, I think the New Zealand series has already sold out, I think I read. Yeah. Um, and then you got, the, the, the I guess, the rise again of the Big Bash over last um, that last season. I think the game's in a good place, but there, there is a place for everyone. And, and you start to see people who like one format start to show a bit more interest in others, mm. which I think is a good thing for the game. Mm. Mm. You're, you're a Sydney guy, is that right? Look, who's come down to Melbourne. Um, and Queensland you're in- originally, aren't you? Born in Queensland, yeah. Yep. Grew up in um, grew up in Barrow, so Brad, okay. Bradman oh, territory. Yeah, okay, that's nice. I played um, the wars. Okay. Moved to, <laughs> yeah. I'm getting Bradman. Yeah, yeah, Steve Ward, Junior, all. Yeah, some name dropping going on. <laughs> um, I moved to Sydney when I finished school, and yeah, played um, played my cricket at Bankstown, okay. and then yeah, been in Melbourne last. When couple you finished years. school, okay, okay. I just I, I asked uh, as again that I hope you don't mind me calling you the honcho of community cricket, uh, <laughs> kind of like a like a, like a Pablo Escobar style, but yeah. um, like. Being down here in Melbourne, I know my um, eldest son has just started school. When he comes home from, you know, his first day at the school library with a bag of goodies, um, oh. he he has like three or four different Aussie rules AF, AFL paraphernalia yeah. in there, like the the really? the the clutches of this organisation into society here is like, I mean, it's something to behold and. I'm sure we all speak with respect for that and 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 whatnot. But uh, you know, do you see yourself in competition with a sport like Aussie Rules that appears to me, I'm happy to say this, that uh, has monopolistic um, ambitions? Uh, we regularly contend that Australia's cricketing summer, at least from a professional standpoint, appears to be shrinking. Uh, and that the noise around Aussie Rules, probably rugby league as well, is growing either side. You know, look what. Do you see yourselves as in competition, you know, for the hearts and minds of children, or is it, uh, oh, you can have your space and we'll have ours as long as you leave us alone, which they won't. Yeah, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I think there's, there's no doubt we're all we're all in the business of hearts and mind of children, and mm-hmm. it's not just other sports; it's technology, yes. and recreation pursuits, and so forth. Um, the AFL, you, you, I mean, you hear about AFL in Melbourne when you don't live in Melbourne. When you when you come down here, you can't help but get swept up in it. Mm-hmm. Um, but we, we don't get too. I know this is probably the um, the political answer. But we mm. we don't really get too caught up. Like we've got a great relationship with the AFL. Is it because most people want to work at AFL later? <laughs> <laughs> like, I know, we know most cricketers want to play yeah, AFL. So, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Some amazing things. And yeah. but, um, but, but I mean, cricket, we, we've just got so much opportunity in, in front of us. Like um, we know what immigration's doing. We we know where they're coming from. Yeah. Um, I think I read somewhere the other day that we're going to be able to, be able to fill the MCG every year with people coming from from Indian um, heritage mm-hmm. over the next period of time. So we know that's an amazing opportunity. AFL um, doesn't have that. AFL doesn't have that. Mm-hmm. Um, we're the second most 
popular sport in the world after soccer. Mm. We're really excited about the opportunity in the US. Um, we feel like that's going to be a really strong market for us. Um, and we still feel there's so much room to go for the game for women and girls. And we're developing a women and girls action plan for the next 10 years at the moment. So we don't get too swept up in the other sports. We've got a great relationship with the AFL, particularly with the winter sports. Like we don't have to compete. They compete. They can compete with each other. That's mm. fine. But um, um, there's always a little bit of tension around sort of the ends of seasons in mm. terms of grounds and so forth. And that's part of it. But uh, overall, our relationship with, with the AFL is really healthy. And we want a heap of people playing AFL just like we want a heap of people playing cricket and um they just need to make sure they don't come into the, the summer territory too much and we'll do the same, be respectful of winter. What about if we took the Big Bash to Vegas for a couple of games to, <laughs> to grow the game? <laughs> yeah, that, uh, sign me up for that trip. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I'll, I'll go yeah. on the study trip. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I'll have a look, yeah. Mm. No, there's, I mean, there's a fair bit going on. I mean, the World Cup, obviously, in America. Mm. Yeah. Like, I think that's Ricky Ponting signed up for Washington or that's whatever right. deal with mm. New South Wales. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the States, I mean, everyone's after that market yeah um but i don't know the numbers but i know there's there's a lot of um people of south asian heritage yeah. living in the states and yeah. there's strong appetite i think the the world cup game had a ballot and it's sold out 50 times over or something already yeah. so it's going to be huge over there um, yeah. but if there's going to be a game in vegas for the big bash i think there'll be a long list of people <laughs> uh, looking to get over that trip and i'll be in front of the queue yeah 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 that's yeah. uh that india pakistan game at that temporary stadium is going to be absolutely wild just just in the sense of like what's the deck gonna be like yeah. on, on long island you know yeah. did you did you, you both get a chance to go to the india pakistan yeah we did yeah, that, we're, that we're was the, I know, best thing i've, best seen. Thing I've ever yeah, seen yeah, yeah. I'd, I'd agree with that yeah. the atmosphere was just unbelievable yeah mm. it didn't leave their seats and yeah oh, it just makes you think about like if they get a test series happening india pakistan oh, it, oh i mean yeah no one will go yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, it's footy season. Yeah, that's so. right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, all right, yeah. we'll have established goodwill. Play HQ. Uh, <laughs> no, I, I, no. Let, let's be serious. So it's the it's the platform Australian club cricket uses for registrations, records, fees, live scores of games. Um, it describes itself as the operating system of choice for community sport across Australia. Um, don't think it's unreasonable to say it's it's received negative attention in the press recently um, and has in in the past. Um, um, as you know, we, we asked our audience recently about their experience with it, and the, the truth is the response was mixed. Uh, l l lots of people had issues. Most of the comments were jokes in response. Mm. Some people said it's okay. Uh, so um, how do you think it's performing, and do you think the criticism is valid? Yeah, I think, um, I mean, the feedback that we're getting about it is absolutely valid. I mean, mm. it's a platform used to support volunteers who are the heartbeat of the game. So mm. if we're not listening to feedback and not trying to make the platform better, i I don't think we should be in our roles. Mm. Uh, how's it gone? First year, so we've done a we've done a two year rollout. We took fifty percent of the country on board um, last cricket season, and the other twelve, uh, the other fifty percent of the country this year. Okay. First year was really challenging. Um, a lot of integration issues with data not sort of feeding up to the play cricket app. Um, we haven't had this those issues this year, but I think at the end of the day, the My Cricket Legacy Administration platform, I think it's fifteen years old or something. It was built on old technology. We just couldn't scale it. And our mm. big aspiration with our digital transformation is to provide, um, make volunteers' lives easier and provide personalised experiences and enhance um, everyone's experience in the game. So um, PlayHQ is going to allow us to do that. Now, we're, the, the, the development of the platform is ongoing and we're going to constantly take feedback to make it better. I know there's been big issues that put uh, volunteer burden on transfers and permits and that's something we're looking at to try and streamline the process and make it easier for next year. Um so I think the second year's gone a lot better than the first. I'm with you, Sam. Like feedback I got from some of the articles, a lot of, I probably had more emails saying, we love scoring on this. It saves mm -hmm. so much time. We don't have to upload scores. The registration process is really easy. Mm -hmm. 
And I think your point at the start's important to make as well. Like PlayHQ, it only does three things. Um, it's registrations and payments, allows you to fix your games and you score on it. Everything else you experience from a technology digital point of view in cricket comes through the Play Cricket app. Uh, or it comes through the Play Cricket web experience, which we've just um, released, which should um, hope with finalisation of um, finals and presentation mm-hmm. nights and records and so forth. So uh, ha- there's no doubt it hasn't become without its challenges. Um, appreciate everyone in the community has had to jump off a legacy platform they've um, known for sort of 15 years, but we, we are really optimistic that Play HQ is going to be far more intuitive platform to help make volunteers' life easier and then enhance the experience for people who play the game or support the game. So, so why, why was the change from my cricket to play cricket? Because, I mean, heaps of people have said, like, my cricket was good. Yeah, my, it's funny. I've been thinking about my cricket, and um, my cricket was good for mm-hmm. a period of time. And I, there's a lot of sentimental um, connection with my cricket. And I kind of – the comparison I make, like, you, know, you guys, I used a V100 when I played. Like, Mark, yeah. Mark Wall was playing a bat. Yeah. Did you not, use that in front of yeah. you? Yeah, yeah. I just made, <laughs> made sure and mm-hmm. got him to sign the corner. Yeah, okay. <laughs> but it still sits at home. Yeah. And my little fella who's 10 now, he's got, he's got this um, New Balance thing. And when I hold them up against each other, the New Balance thing is about four times as thick. Mm. Um, obviously, oh, it's, yeah, it's lighter. Yeah, yeah. And, the, and the V100, which I thought was the best bat in the world, yeah, yeah. is totally thin. I don't know how yeah. I used it. Mm. And it's probably similar. My cricket was fantastic, but it was built on old technology. Uh, it was only two or three years ago I remember being around a national championships and they were scoring on it and it just kept crashing. It couldn't cope with all the data coming through at a period of time and people sort of have forgotten that. Now, PlayHQ hasn't been perfect, um, and it'll continue, but it'll continue to get better. But we know it's built on um, far more modern technology that's going to scale up. Like we've got big aspirations around participation, which means every weekend there's more and more data going to be coming through PlayHQ for us to surface through the Play Cricket app and we need to have um, a tech platform that sits underneath it that can power that. And um, my cricket, the old technology wouldn't allow for that, so we, we needed to make a change. Yeah, and because so, it's, like, it's co- how much does it cost? Like twenty two, twenty three bucks per player. Is yeah, it? it's sixteen dollars, sixteen uh, give, give or take for a junior, and twenty two dollars okay. fifty for okay. a senior. Um, that fee is a consolidated three with three components. The, mm-hmm. the largest being insurance, which covers about fifty percent of that twenty two fifty or sixteen dollars. There's um, four dollars that goes to Play HQ for the platform, and the other four dollars goes to um, our tech fund, which allows us to do things like. Um, highlights in the app, um, streaming games, um, chopping up your fours and sixes and having them sitting at the end of the game. So all those sort of digital experiences that I guess good for dads who don't want to go watch their sons play, they can use that as an excuse now that I'm just going to watch the app. <laughs> it's streamed there and I've got the highlights. So yeah, yeah, but th- yeah. those enhanced personalised experience, that's where some of that money goes. So that, that national registration fee is a consolidation of um, those three pots. Okay. How long do you think it's going to take before you win positive sentiment from the community or perhaps that doesn't happen that's just a phenomenon where we all want to complain about stuff like <laughs> i mean that 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 is something that could be true but I, I do think the anecdotal feelings of people is is roughly like accurate that people are struggling with a lot of the change some people having it okay but yeah. how long like do you would you be asking for people's patience for a while this digital transformation this change takes place yeah i think um we just got to keep demonstrating that the feedback that we're getting um, has been taken on board and, and we're improving the platform. I know people have had some issues with, with their stats and it's, it, it's, um, mm. it is really complicated because some people's stats now come from PlayHQ and you're scoring on PlayHQ and a lot sit on my cricket. Um, and when you link them in together, you get your career stats. And I know a lot of people had issues with it and there's so many nuances as to why. So as an example, um, Sam, if you played for the Tigers back in 2000 and – you had a few years off and then decided to go play for North Sydney Bears in 2004, <laughs> you may have created two My Cricket IDs. 
Uh, and when you go to link your PlayHQ, because you just made a comeback in Melbourne, um, you might only get one of those MyCricket IDs linked with PlayHQ and we've got to go find your other ID. So there's all these nuances. Um, so to answer your question, though, when are people going to feel more comfortable with it? I just think we've just got to keep demonstrating that it's getting better and better and some of the issues people have had um, have been addressed. In saying that, it needs to be really data-driven too. We can't just have um, people saying, I like a particular feature and it's not there anymore, but it suits that particular role in the game. One of the issues with my cricket is we try to make it everything to everyone. Um, so it was it, this is around sort of standardisation for the biggest uh, issues or jobs that people need to do in cricket. So I think um, as people use it more and more, we continue to educate and provide ongoing training to teach about how to use it and um, the new improved functionality. And we can demonstrate that this is a more intuitive system that's going to make your life easier over time and enhance the participation or um, supporter experience. I think people will um, will really enjoy using that platform. So, I mean, <clears throat> of the how much how much money is of twenty two dollars sixteen for juniors? How many people are on the app? How much how much money is in total that it gains per year? Uh, good you question. Know? We're going through. We've got about we've got about um, two hundred fifty thousand junior and senior registered participants. Okay. So a bit less okay. than a million, then I'm yeah. guessing. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So of that per year, is more money going to be? put towards like fixing the bugs because people have said in the feedback like yeah fill in plays it creates like it fucks up the whole system basically kind of thing you know you lose track of your where players are playing if they're playing when they're playing whatever so um, obviously there are bugs in this i've got no idea how an app works nor do i pretend to um to know how like a back end of an app works but like of say nine hundred thousand million, whatever the number is is some money going to be put towards like fixing those bugs yeah. absolutely yeah. That, right. that's that's where the money goes towards so okay, the, well, the asterisk one's a really good example um so the reason there's asterisks in the scorecard is basically because someone hasn't registered. So the only way you can get your name in the scorecard is if you're registered. Now you are allowed to opt out, aren't you? Or you can opt so out. I'll show, this is what I would do. Yeah, yeah. Just so aren't they like private like players? I did. You'd mm. probably have. Yeah, I'm going to tick. I want to. You have a privacy setting, and you're an asterisk because no one wants to know who got those that third duck in a row. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah so, right. Uh, but the other one is fill in players. So um, people might fill in for a game, think, oh awesome, we've got away with not having to pay, I'll do another, and all of a sudden you've got people playing consistently that aren't registering. They're the only two reasons people would have, a, have an asterisk. The, the other, we talk about trying to save time for volunteers. I don't know what it was like at your clubs, but we had a club legend who's still there, Eris Dignam at Bankstown. Right. Um, and I remember for six months of the year, he'd be running around trying to t- chase subs and rego fees off people. The good thing about paying online up front is it's all done. There's no one trying to chase up um, people's payments throughout the year. It's all done mm. up front. It's one of those jobs that someone a, vol- someone, a volunteer at a club doesn't have to do anymore. Um, but answer your original question, Higo, that money absolutely goes back into improving the technology for yeah. our participants. And we've got um, a list of stuff we're working through with PlayHQ that we'd like to see um, developed over the next 12 months before the next season. So people, people have got to pay subs like upfront because for me, like I'd usually decide if we we're going to make finals and then I'd yeah. think about sort of some runs or something. Like, <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe the club will look yeah. after it. You might, need, you might need to stay retired. Or you could play, but you'd be an asterisk. I'd be mm. a private player, yeah, definitely. Private player. <laughs> That's right. That's right. So you're rejecting Higos' anecdotal contention a couple of weeks ago that it's dog shit. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I think... I, I, think <laughs> I just wanted to pretend I was Kerry O'Brien for a second. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I, I think it's going to be a great platform. I think it's going to be able to take the game forward. I do think it's going to save volunteer time. Um, we've got to make sure we're constantly providing education and training to make sure it's an easy transition and um, provide the opportunities for people to new learn the functionality of it. But we also need to make sure we're taking on feedback. And if something's not working or your ID hasn't... You haven't got your historic stats or you're not sure why there's an... Like, 
please just give us a call so we can. Um, what's help. your number? What's your, so mobile, what's your mobile, mobile number? Yeah, 042. <laughs> <laughs> no, call, call the CA customer support team, speak to the state and territory delivery okay. lead for the project. Practical. And, and we just want to help. We don't want this to be onerous or hard for the community. We really, we, we believe it's going to be the best platform to take the game forward but we know it doesn't come without its challenges with a new platform, mm. new process and so forth. And we're committed to supporting the community through it. Just also want to be clear, you didn't call it dog shit. It was the anecdotal, it was a combination of people. Okay. Um, Thanks. Look, I told you I wouldn't read out um, customer complaints, but I think you'll be okay with this. Um, <laughs> this is from Ryan. My players, so, and, and this might you know go for lots of club cricketers out there. Okay. So we're now talking to the honcho who might be able to answer these questions. Ryan says, my players have an uncanny knack of bowling two dangerous balls and having to be taken off mid-over. The live scoring doesn't let you change bowler mid-over. Please fix this as my club loves bowling dangerous balls. (laughs) (laughs) Thoughts? uh, How do you fix that, James? They're interesting (laughs) tactics, aren't they? Like, how do we... How do you get a player out by dangerous balls? I've actually got a yeah. great story about dangerous balls involving. Oh, this Sean is great. Bank, we did play at Bankstown. Do later, but um, uh, I think it goes just goes back to like once again, if there's a heap of feedback that we need, certain type of functionality is not there. We'll take that on board and try and improve it. Um, if it's with all due respect to was it Ryan? Yes, it's just one club who've got a dirty tactic of trying to bowl beamers of way of getting wickets, but they need to change bowlers regularly to do it. It may not. It won't just be one club. Thousands of clubs across the country. There may be some functionality that we need to improve <laughs> in the system over time, but yeah, we need to be driven by how many people feel like that that, that need is um, is there when you're scoring the game. Now, you just said dangerous balls involving Sean Tate. Did you say Sean Tate? Sean Tate, yes. Okay, well, I'm, I'm invested okay. in this story. Yeah, yeah so um, so I think That's we were the same scary. age, Pez, no, 19s. Uh, um, we were playing the 19s Carnival in Newcastle. That year was when they won the World Cup in 2002. We had a, like, had a, uh, Sean Marsh and Mark Cosgrove and these guys. But mm. some of the guys who didn't make that team went on to become some of the great Australian players. So Sean Tate played. Oh, wow. Um, Tim Payne, um, Adam Crossway got picked ahead yeah. of Payne and they were miles ahead of the New South Wales we could keep at the time. Uh, <laughs> um, but anyway, we played a semi-final and Jason Crozier was the other one. He was in our 19s team. Okay. So You're I'm not going to go down rabbit holes with <laughs> I'm not going down any rabbit holes with Jason Crozier. Well, you, you, yeah. you raised it. Sorry. <laughs> What's for lunch, Piss? Yes. <laughs> okay, go on. Um, go on. No. Uh, so it, we're playing a semi-final. Um, Jason Crozier been batting down the order. And um, in the semi-final against South Australia, um, our opener who'd been struggling got dropped and Jason was told to open. Oh, I remember this. Yeah. Sean Tate opens the bowling for mm. South Australia and he sort of had a reputation that he's bowling rapid. Oh, in his first spell, he bowls two waist-high fullies. And that's it. He's out for the semi. So um, so Crazier's batting. He gets through the spell and it's hot. It's up in Newcastle. And he gets through. I think he got through the first day and he's sort of red ink. And back then you only had to you only had to draw. We, we finished a high so We just had to draw. We could just bat him, do oblivion, and then go play in the final. So we come back day two and he's dehydrated and so forth. So our manager is a great friend, uh, David Moore. Um, oh, yeah, Moore. He was manager of the team at the time. Uh, I think he went out and got this massive, massive bag of jelly beans. Uh, huge bag of jelly beans. And Jason Craig has gone out there um, to bat day two. He's like running on empty. And they're all for, for him to keep giving him some energy. And um, so we're sitting up there just watching him bat. No Sean Tate saying happy days. We don't, mm. we don't, we don't even have to field here. Mm. Craig just keep batting. And we're talking a bit of rubbish as you do. And we're sending the jelly beans around. We're eating all the, all the jelly beans. <laughs> and um, Craig comes in at, at lunch. I think he's like 200 not out. Mm. Yeah, he ended getting 200. I don't oh, know if he was 200 not out, but he's coming at 200 not out. And he's exhausted. Like we're all getting around him and mm. high fiving him, and anyway, David Moore comes into the into the change rooms, 
and he's got this empty bag of jelly beans with the exception of all the black jelly beans. <laughs> and he comes in and he says at the top of his lungs, so we're all around crazy, he goes, right, sit down. He wrote, who ate the effing beans? Yeah. And he's standing with this empty bag of jelly beans with the black ones at the bottom. And he said it again, he goes, we're not leaving this room who so someone tells me who ate the bloody beans. <laughs> and you know when you're at school and the teacher's angry and oh, yeah. you, you don't want to giggle. Yeah. So we're all sort of putting our it's heads funny. down and he's yeah. repeating the question over and over again. And Dan Christian, he was the one that cracked and he started <laughs> sort of snickering and then snickering turned to like absolute laughter and then he set all the other boys off and David Moore absolutely lost it. He's got his <laughs> bag cute. of jelly beans <laughs> and he's wrapped it around DC's neck and he's dragged him with the back of <laughs> The bag of jelly beans for the black ones at the bottom. He's dragged him into the the bathroom, and we're all like trying to contain ourselves. And he's saying, "That's it. You're done. You're on the you're on the first bus back to Sydney. You'll never play for New South Wales yeah. ever again." And I think DC ended up playing the final, so it was an empty threat. And yeah. I think he might have even got man of the match or something. Right. But um, every time yeah. we see Maury or DC or any of those guys, um, we always talk, talk, talk about the jelly beans. It was, it was, it was, it was, a, it was there. It was a really good tale. Um. Slight last one from me, James. I, I think part of the um, reason why so many people loved the Bluey cricket episode um, was because it spoke to the best parts of like, people's memories of cricket in the suburbs in Australia, you know, not formal, um, just the aesthetic, the space in Australia, uh, the deep lessons cricket can teach you about perseverance and courage and being caring like you you must have loved watching that episode as the head of community cricket in australia like um is that what you'd like cricket to be for kids or is it more complicated than that no it's exactly what it'd be i mean we spend a lot of money on marketing and trying to grow the game and a three or four minute bluey episode did it in absolute <laughs> spades <laughs> mm. uh, it was just a magical episode like you speak to grown adults and people who've never played cricket it just the, it really brought to life the spirit or essence of cricket in this beautiful way and it's just some amazing storytelling. Um, yeah, absolutely. That's what we want it to be. And I think, I mean, earlier we spoke around some of the challenge with cricket, like it's takes more time and so forth. But one of the beauties of cricket in a busy world is it does teach us sort of some of those values that you can take with you for the rest of your life, sort of contributing as an individual as part of a team and patience, resilience, problem solving, all those things. I think it's very unique to cricket and Bluey captured it better than I can probably art articulate it now. Um, my little fellow is five, like he's constantly just playing the Bluey episode over mm. and over. And I think anyone who I speak to at a barbecue or sort of what do you for work, say I work in cricket, the first comment back to me is, <laughs> oh, how good's the Bluey episode about mm. cricket? So it was magical. So we're just we're trying to figure out what else we can do with that episode because it did, it just, um, it really did share the spirit of cricket and what we, as fair to say, three cricket nuffies um, love about the game and appreciate the game uh, in a way that was just better than we could have ever articulated ourselves. I think the next episode should be about Bluey um, having rest because of loads. Um, <laughs> get him into an academy, sports science yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's what cricket really what is, What did I you think, think about um, Rusty's relationship with his father in the episode? Didn't relate to it at all. Didn't, uh, didn't, <laughs> didn't do anything for you. <laughs> <laughs> well, he, he, I do think his technical advice about getting on the front foot to pull wasn't really correct. Um, yeah. to, but that's you know that, that sort of reveals more about me. <laughs> <laughs> that's what that's what you're saying in the barbecue. <laughs> just it's just the one little issue with that. His yeah. dad, his dad was sort of clearly serving, you know, in the army, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Anyway, paying more attention to his. You know, there's a few things that pop up for that as well. Um, I'd love to hear your critique of the episode because it sounds like it, it's hit the mark with a lot of people, but that you're a bit disappointed about it. No, I wasn't. I mean, it's one of the best pieces of Australian art I think ever made, <laughs> really. 
Uh, just that sort of bit of technique for Rusty. But um, <laughs> um, James, thanks so much for joining us. Uh, uh, one thing that was good about this is that uh, you know you guys will have noted that there was some criticism of stuff you're in charge of, and just got on the phone and said, well, "Can we come and have a chat about it?" So I really appreciate that, and um, I think a lot of listeners and uh, audience members would respect that as well. Uh, I think cricket people are going to complain about stuff often validly uh, and sometimes not because that's the nature of the game. Uh, but but respect for coming here and, and chatting about it all the no, same. Thank you. I think um, like we're not out to get anyone with the new system. We are trying to do it in the best interest of the game and the people of the lifeblood of the game. So we want to support people through the migration and the transition and we're really open to feedback in terms of what's working well and what's not. So thanks for being, having me on the show. It's been, been good fun. Did you keep in short sleeves as well? Yeah, I did. I was just, yeah. yeah. Okay. It was sort of the style so, at the time. It was going so well. Sort of early 2000s. Yeah. Was it? So, uh, I mean, what are we talking there? No, what, well, what I mean is that like at the time, there weren't options for club cricketers to have a long sleeve shirt. So you might have, you might have to yeah, like, throw it. Like, throw, like, mm. like McCullum, for instance, Keep, had like, keeping as well. had sweatbands, uh, sweatbands yeah, to cover yeah, it up. Yeah, yeah. 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 One, I was one of the yeah. great sweaters and still am. Yeah, okay. likewise, likewise. Shirts, I'd really struggle. Yeah. And then I just got stubborn. I thought if... I'm catching everything because I've got Ken Hall and Mark Hall standing next to me. I don't yeah. have to move. Yeah. Why do I need to yeah. wear long sleeve shirts to catch? Was it a three quarter sleeve or even even no, a wide sleeve? Only, I never never just, went three quarter or long yeah. sleeve. And I you kept that them. kept that up in first grade as well. Yeah, I kept. I yeah. copped it a little bit, but um, mm. I just became a little bit too stubborn and proud to want to change it. But I look back at photos now, and yeah, I just I, I look rubbish, and people take the piss out of me about it. So maybe I should have. Less being less stubborn when I was playing. It's mm. good though that people are still policing that, like just policing cricket fashion. Mm. Like mm. I think that's important. It's important role of great cricketers mm. out there just to police mm. all you, things. Uh, really. You can't say that obviously as a head of community cricket that mm. we shouldn't be policing the way people want to enjoy it, that the way they're playing cricket. Yeah. But it is true. Next week we should get the cricket police in. <laughs> <laughs> James, also. <laughs> Thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me, guys. Right. Uh, Pezza, do you ever get frustrated you cannot watch certain live sports events because they aren't televised or available in your country? Mm. With NordVPN, I can switch my virtual location to a country that is showing the said sports event I want to watch so I don't miss out and I can watch the action live, 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 live. <laughs> NordVPN.com forward slash TGC. What do you get there? Let me tell you, you can grab your, you can grab your exclusive NordVPN deal by going to NordVPN.com forward slash TGC to get a huge discount off your NordVPN plan plus four months for free. It's completely risk-free with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee. NordVPN.com forward slash TGC. Pezza. Let's keep let's keep it going here. Uh, so we're not we're not doing adventurous away days uh, for Pajero. Uh, we, we, we are we are talking Pajero. We had some okay. good times. I'm not say, I'm not saying it's been replaced or anything like you know for any nefarious reasons. Just saying, just going to run through some of the features of Pajero here, and oh. um, here's here's some copy. Hey, Coates, today isn't about you. It's about. <laughs> It's about me telling you, not about cricket, but a different kind of adventure play. Okay. The Pajero Sport. This isn't just any SUV, Mr. Speaker. Isn't it? No, it's the Car Expert 2023 Best Four Wheel Drive Off Road SUV. Best Four Wheel Drive Off Road. Yeah, no, no, Car Expert 2023. Car Expert 2023. Best Four Wheel Drive Off Road. Best Four Wheel Drive Off Road SUV. SUV. That's right. The Pajero Sport isn't just about getting you from A to B. It's about taking adventure to the next level. It'll take you right? to C. So, so, so cars will take you to a certain level of adventure. That's right. Are you after the next one? Yes, please. Pajero Sport. Mm. Uh, it's got a brake towing capacity of 3.1 3. tons. 3.1 tons. This, uh, this, this beast doesn't just carry your gear. Oh, it has a beast on it. 
It hauls your dreams. Oh, yeah. And whether that's a caravan, a boat, or a trailer full of cricket gear. And when it comes to performance, Pajero Sport is hitting sixes every time with its advanced four-wheel drive performance and super select two four-wheel drive drive system. system. This isn't just any four-wheel drive system. We're talking about the ability to switch between two-wheel drive and and four-wheel drive at speeds of up to 100 kilometres an hour. So whether you're cruising on the highway or tackling the rugged outback, the Pajero Sport has got you covered. covered. So to all my fellow adventurers and cricket lovers out there, it's time to elevate your game. Your game. The Pajero Sport is ready to take you on your next big adventure with the performance, capability and style to make every journey legendary. Pajero Sport, take adventure to the next level. And now that's finished. He goes, you did remind me of um, um. mate of mine when we're in... Um, Berlin a couple of years ago. Yes, must be nice. Must uh, be nice. Must be nice. Um, we were doing one of the uh, the like the walking tours. Walking tour in Berlin, real good. Yeah, because yeah, they don't yeah, they yeah, don't yeah. fuck around with their history. No, uh, I, v- did a, v- I did a bike tour. <laughs> okay, must be nice. That's okay. About ride a bike. Mm. It's same. same Motorbike. No, 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 no. Mm. Oh God, pedal no. bike. Yes, that's right. Yeah, nice. I didn't want to take my adventure to the next level at that point. I get it. I get it. Um, yeah, and the walking tours are really good. They, they, there's so many spots in central Berlin that were, you know, sites of, um, you know, Germany's checkered history. Did you go to Hitler's bunker? Yep. Yeah. And um, there's nothing there now. It's just no, a car park. Car but that, that's yeah. the point. Yeah. Makes you think, doesn't it? Indeed. Uh, and did you go to the, uh, is it the, the empty library there as well? You're looking like underneath the, uh, the ground there? Yeah, that, uh, yeah. Did I? It's where the yeah, burning yeah, yeah, of the yeah, books yeah. happened. Yes, 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 yeah. yes, 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 yes. Um, my mate was uh, – we would have been deeply hungover. Um, yep. And my mate was doing exactly what you were doing there. Um, as in, while the touring – to a party, like me and my friend and all a bunch of people were standing in a kind of semicircle formation yeah. watching, like like um, listening to the tour guide, he sort of stood at about 45 degrees facing us and was, um, was you know – Pretending he was also giving the, yes, the talk. It, yeah. Like people enjoy themselves in different ways. Yeah, um, right. We, we, we yeah. tipped kindly and everything. He was just doing what he needed yeah. to do. But yeah. yeah. Different moments for different, different things. Different, and whatever flicks your switch, whatever tickles your fancy. Different frogs, different times. Uh, let's talk about the domestic one day finals and the oh, WP, WPL as well. Western Australia beat New South Wales in Sydney by five wickets, chasing 169. It's their 17th one day title. That's the most. New South Wales next with 12. Uh, and it's also their third in a row. Ollie Davies hit 51 for New South Wales. He's got to get, he's got to get in the Australian side, doesn't he, Ollie Davies? New South Wales, 51 in the so, final. Yeah, yeah. Very impressive. Uh, before There's New a Sa- saloon passage for him. Yeah. <laughs> before well, at least give him a game. Like, get him around the boys and maybe a smoky for the World Cup. Yeah. Um, uh, New South Wales are bowled out in 42 overs 169 Joel Paris took 4 for 21 WA were 3 for 30 then 5 for 102 in the chase but Hilton Cartwright took mm. WA to a 3 Pete of Marsh Cups with 73 red off 80 to win in the 34th over um, AJ Ty uh, was the leading wicket taker in the Marsh Cup this year uh, Daniel Hughes was again the leading run scorer mm. averaging 56 I was looking at his list day record now averages 59 in list day cricket from 47 games, 1100s and 1150s. Mm. So more than half the time, that's 24 out of 47, he gets to 50 at least. Um, amazing. He was, I, I, He's 30, I'm, sh- I'm sure now. a couple, like a year or two ago, he'd been in conversations with the Australian selectors for like being given a game for yeah. um, 
And how about that? Just idle, just idle, uh, not even speculation, just a possible memory that I may or may not have had. But about getting a, like a, a low-level game for Australia as a reward for his list eight performances. Mm-hmm. Anyway, just got burned there. But uh, anyway, what a player. Uh, WNCL Tasmania rescored, uh, sorry, secured their own hat-trick of domestic one-day titles with a six-wicket win over Queensland with 14 balls remaining. Queensland finished 7 for 248 in the first day with Charlie Knott hitting 73 of 61 for Queensland. Heather Graham took 3 for 39. In reply, Nicola Carey hit 111 red off 135 to cruise home for Tassie. Heather Graham also made 63. I was reading this via ESPN Crick Info. Uh, direct quote here. Not picked for Australia since December 2022. Kerry knocked back a national contract last April in a bid to rejuvenate her game with a full winter at home. The decision has paid dividends. The one-time bowling all-rounder topped the run-scoring charts in this summer's WNCL with Saturday's runs taking her past 696 for the season. Kerry's runs came at an average of 69.6, a mark only better by Meg Lanning this season. Um I swear Nicola Carey was like a, a key a key figure for Australia not mm. that long ago. Mm. I mean, but hasn't been picked for Australia since 2022. Uh, but a great series for her and 111 red in the final to take Tassie to a three-peat themselves. Tasmania used to be absolutely terrible since they came to the comp in like 2010, I think it was, and then have since um, been completely dominating the tournament since then, three in a row. Good for them. Uh, the WPL... Uh, is uh, is heating up. In fact, every team has now played. Uh, the opening ceremony was on Friday night just gone with uh, Sherrick Khan. Uh, you need to go see it, Pezzi. You, you can find it on Twitter uh, and other places. It's 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 everything. It's just, I mean, there's, there is there is a vibe around Sherrick Khan. There, I mean, there, oh, there, there really is. Like, he's on the stage, he's dancing, there's there's fireworks and sparklers going off. It's a, it's a, it's a festival. It's a carnival uh, of cricket. Um, he's cold cutter, isn't he, Sherrod Khan? Isn't he? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, and he yeah. got, like, got a chant. He got a chant going, like uh, like a famous chant going in the stands. Like, oh, really? 10, 15 years ago. I don't. Uh, again, yeah. I'll just bring twenty percent of the thought <laughs> yeah. and just leave it at that. Everyone sort of toss it back to you. Everyone was chanting Daniel Hughes. <laughs> it just uh, was Hughesy. <laughs> yeah. There are um, <laughs> lots of people in the stands for this game. So the first eleven games are in Bangalore, Bengaluru, and uh, until it moves to Delhi uh, after those first eleven games. So. This year they're playing in two cities as opposed to one previously. Uh, the first game, MI beat Delhi uh, with a six off the last ball when five were needed by the uncapped Indian uh, Sajivan Sanjana, I want to say. Uh, Delhi captain Meg Lanning scored 31 for Alice Capsi, 75. Jamama Rodriguez, 42, got Delhi up to 171 for five. MI... Uh, their two star Indian players, Bhatia and Harmanpreet, scored 50s, but with five needed off the last ball, MI, who won it last year against DC, got the win again. Um, yeah, so MI and DC were in the final last year for the WPL, and it looks like they're the two strongest teams this year. RCB beats UP, uh, UP Warriors by two runs the following night at Chinnaswamy. A couple of great games. Aussies Georgia Wareham and Soph Molyneux by the last two overs, defending 16 and only conceded 14 to win that game for RCB. The following night, MI then beat Gujarat Giants, chasing GG's 126 with 11 balls to spare. Harman Preet Core scoring 46 red. And then last night, Meg Lanning's DC smashed Elisa Healy's UP Warriors by... Nine wickets. UP made 119 for nine off their 20. Uh, Marazan Cap took three for five or four overs. Radha Yadav took four for 24. 
DC chased it in 14 and a half overs. Lanning and Shafali Verma had an opening stand of 119 to level the scores before Meg was out for 51. Shafali Verma finished 64 red. So that's what's happening in the WPL. It's obviously a bit of a precursor to the uh, the men's IPL, uh, which is starting in uh, March 22nd, Friday, March 22nd, which is just after the uh, New Zealand Test Series and obviously the India-England Test Series as well. So that's what's happening with that. Uh, anything else? Hashtag ask TGC. This is from number one ticket holder. Uh, it's called Alfred by someone's mum. And this one comes in via Patreon, Pezza. Oh, does it? Yeah, it comes in via Patreon. G'day, boys. So I played cricket by the beach over the weekend in my wheelie bin park shit comp. Actually, not that bad. Comparable to twos, threes, grade cricket in our state, but I digress. Mm. And the home team was hosting their ladies' day. It was the second day of a two-day, so we were chasing 250 with a former Australian test quick taking the new rock with the slowest outfield known to man. Okay. Clearly, we were going to taste it today with no chance of winning, as is the saying from Wollongong. Expectedly, things go downhill quickly, and I go out to bat with us six wickets down for 60-odd, first ball after tea. After grinding my way to a gritty 9 off 48, 6 off 31, I'm caught and bowled off a leading edge to a spinner. Nightmare. But at least I chewed up a solid 50 minutes of batting time and could walk off looking at the rest of our batters with the any danger lads expression etched on my face. As I work my way off the ground past the boys, I notice a posse of middle-aged women who are sitting right next to the entrance to the visitors' sheds removed from the main ladies' day event on the other side of the club rooms. As I walk, the more outgoing of the mums, who gave the impression she was knocking back her fourth Summersby crisp apple cider of the day, <laughs> seemed visibly excited by the imminent wordplay she was about to divulge. <laughs> Before I could escape the hellish eye contact between me and her, she leans over her gal pals and confidently offers me, better luck next time, tiger. Oh. God. Before chortling with the others, shoulders bounding up and down and elbows <laughs> knocking any and every rib cage in half an arm's length. I shrink. Immediately, I am nothing. I'm no longer the husband, young father, and driven high school teacher I'm known to be. I just the fucking wheelie bin loser who's been outfitted by someone's mum. I feign a laugh, shrug shoulders, and walk into the rooms as their laugh echoes in the hallway. I'm not sure whether to laugh, cry, first time, eh? Or jump on Twitter and remind the Australian men's cricket team about the time the West Indies made them eat their own woke shit <laughs> to make me feel better about myself. The real kicker was after the game, one of my teammates asked me to give my best... <laughs> okay, I can do this. Hang on, hang on. <laughs> Impression. A la 59-second timestamp on Roy Orbison's 1964 classic, Oh Pretty Woman. <laughs> I was wondering why you were queuing that up. <laughs> so among this, my question is, how should I, how should or could I have better handled the situation? Was there anything I could do without it coming across as spraying a middle-aged woman trying to enjoy a quiet one with the girls at Ladies' Day while her son rolls through a hapless opponent? Or could I really, could I have really let her have it? Reminder of how many tests she's played, etc., etc. <laughs> Cheers, boys. Love the pot and your constant fears of the AFP sliding into my DMs. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's, I mean, um, unfortunately, you've just got to take no, your licks. Yeah. So, take licks. Mate, sometimes you just got to, like, 
clap the opposition and say touche because yeah. it's not just the comments well when it's like you know better luck next time tiger but it's the way she sets up the entire thing you're yeah. not going to do it i'm middle age i've got my summer's be crisp yeah. uh, apple cider Today's i've my got day. exactly and i'm he seems to suggest at the end that it was her son who got him out oh. as well so it's just i think sometimes you've got to you just got to roll over let yeah. it like and, and let yourself get turned over and someone goes to work on you I think that's basically what's happened that's there. Not, it's not basically. It's exactly mm. what's happened. I mean, mm. she's got her, she's got her friends. She's got her friends there. It's a cohort of colleagues and like-minded individuals drinking a Summersby cider. It's her day out. Like exactly. the, the the day is literally called mm. Ladies' Day. It's it's it, it's all set up for her experience and her enjoyment. And you are just a patsy. You are just one small part of her enjoyment of the day. But it's it's basic acting theory, which is you must give way to your fellow actors. I learned this in musical theatre, uh, two thousand six. Sydney Youth Musical Theatre uh, production of Grease, which I've never mentioned before. Yeah. I played Vince Fontaine. Uh, but you do, you, it's important to give way to your fellow actors. And in this situation, the mm. batter, who, sure, was out there actually playing the game, sure. had to give way to the Summersby Crisp Apple Cider mother, who was the main character in that moment. But you know that for most people just sitting uh, on the perimeter or the outskirts of just a suburban oval that exists in the, within the community, within any community across all of the yeah. lands, mm. And you just look at some some strange men out there, oddly shaped, wearing baker's whites in a field, and you're thinking, what is this odd and, yeah. in many ways, archaic sport? Ritual. It's, it's a ritual. It's mm. not even a sport. It's what is this human ritual? Yeah, like a they, sort of an ancient ritual they seem to be. <laughs> are they conducting a seance? It, it, it's right. In the middle there, are they sort of, are they summoning some sort of gods? They're glorifying the sun, you know? <laughs> Somehow, <laughs> that's what. That's what. So when you exit the field, you are just leaving the stage production. That is a Saturday afternoon of playing club cricket, and then you are now engaging one of the actors at mm. play. And so that's where the real fun comes to pass. Right. I've had a couple of drinks. I'm feeling good. Mm. Six points in a song. See you guys on the internet soon. Cheers. <laughs>